Blog Talk Radio. Cowboys, as far as I'm concerned, based on what I saw yesterday, they're a legit contender in the AF, in the NFC. There is no question about it. One could argue that right now they're the best team in the NFC. I almost faint when I think about saying that out of my mouth, but it is the truth. I'm not a liar. I'm not somebody that ducks uh, from the mea culpas that I have to spew from time to time. Yes, we all know who that was. We'll be talking more about Mr. Smith and how Mr. Smith lost how Mr. Smith lost a bet today. And we'll be talking more about that. But uh let me move on and introduce my co host and hopefully everybody can hear me because I'm I'm having some technical difficulties over here. So I'm hoping that everybody can hear me. Let me introduce some people and this will be the biggest way for me to know that I'm being heard. Uh, first of all, let me bring on the man from Atlanta, used to be from Bristol. Everybody knows who this guy is. He's humble, but he's smart. Brother Jay, welcome to the Madden Voice. Green eggs and Broham, I appreciate it. Appreciate it. All right. And that's good. It shows me that I can be heard, even though my mic is not lit up. So, But I guess it's still working. Good. I like that. And uh, let's bring on our Madden expert, one of the best Madden players in the world, Madden Nation Season 4 contestant, Ali Quick on Twitter, and a diehard Pittsburgh Steelers fan. Although tonight, we might hear some very interesting comments from this guy about his Steelers. Uh, stay tuned. K-Star, welcome to the Madden Voice. I'm um, recovering Steelers addict. Uh, 
overdosed this weekend. It got real bad. Had an accident. Don't want to talk about it, but here I am. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, you know, we will get into it some. Well, because <laughs> because we can. Uh, simply simply because we can. Um, but you know, Jay, let's start let's start with you for a minute before we get really into the game in a lot of detail. I, I want to ask you a question. I want to ask you a question. You brought up the Legion of Boom, and are they? You know, you asked the question about. Wait a minute, hold on a second. How about them Cowboys? Okay, okay. Um, and you asked if they were overrated. What are your thoughts after watching the Cowboys and the Legion of Boom? What are your thoughts? You know, I don't think that they're overrated. I think that it's it's basically it's not a matter of is are the Cowboys that good or is Seattle that bad. I think the Cowboys are that good, and they just exposed a lot of the weaknesses that Seattle happens to have that other teams weren't willing to expose. You keep the ball away from them, and you play solid defense. You can be home or on the road. It still puts yourself in a good chance to win. So I don't think they're overrated. I think they just got beat by a better team that day. Okay. Um, you know, but, but you know, I'm going to push you a little bit on this. There was a lot of talk about them being so intimidating, and, and, and now people are thinking that maybe they're, they're not the intimidating defense that their reputation claims them to be. What, what are your thoughts on that? Well, I kind of look at it like this. You know, you look at a woman and you're like, dang, that's a dime right there. But then you really look at her under the microscope, she turns out to be a seven or an eight. Still really good. Maybe not the absolute best you've ever seen, but still really good. All right. So, so, so what you're saying is maybe, you know, so you're kind of saying maybe they aren't quite as good as everyone thinks they are or as they were last year. To to answer your question directly, I, I'm agreeing with that. I, I think it's okay. still a dangerous team, very good team. Are they as good as last year's team? I think the record already speaks for itself. They were not 3-2 and two this time last year, if I remember correctly. Right. No, they weren't. Mm-hmm. All right. All right. Let's mm-hmm. bring on our – Let's bring on our other host. He said he'd be a minute or two late, but he's with us. EAFL Super Bowl one winner. And uh, just simply the man with the Ph.D., the doctor of philosophy, Dr. Train. Welcome to the Madden Voice. What up, T? K-Star, Jenny B. Dr. Train, what's up? Hello. <laughs> oh, okay. Sorry, you need a hug. Oh no! I need, I need more than a hug at this point. Woo! <laughs> still, still, still a Look at that letter. Just messing with you, man. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's not funny. It's too soon. Trying to move like Mona Lied, huh? <laughs> but just, I understand, just, bro. Just remember this. How about them Cowboys? <laughs> is that really all? That? <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> That's really all you have. For right, for the record, this is gonna be an awful, no, awful they, show. Don't this do is that, be man. Bad. They may be still bona fide. You don't, don't, don't do that. The Cowboys ain't, the Cowboys ain't bona fide yet. Now they're five and one and just beating the, the Seattle Seahawks. Woo. Yeah, I know. I do believe no, they, that it was. 
I do believe that it was K Star. And you know, had I thought of it, had I thought of it, but I, I kind of, I kind of felt like he was already going to have a rough night with the Steelers not looking very good, with the Cowboys winning, and then to go and dig up the audio from two weeks ago where he said the Cowboys are bona front and play that like I played this the other one. I won't play it. I, I I don't have the heart to play the other one. I I really don't. But like I played the other. I I just said no. I'm I, I'm not gonna do it. But what I can, but what I can here today with very little to say other than to acknowledge uh, that I was wrong, uh, that the Dallas Cowboys, uh, as far as I'm concerned, based on what I saw yesterday, they're a legit contender in the A in the NFC. There is no question about it. One could argue that right now they're the best team in the NFC. I almost faint when I think about saying that out of my mouth. But it is the truth. I'm not a liar. I'm not somebody that ducks uh, from the Mia Copas that I have to spew from time to time. Yeah, I, I mean, I mean, I don't know. You know what? I, I, I mean, you know, the last two days have been some of the best two days of – me being a Cowboys fan in such a long time. I, I mean, when the Cowboys are doing well, it's like football just opens up and embraces them and says, welcome home to where you're supposed to be. This is what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to be a top team. You're supposed to be a contender. I don't know what you've been doing for the last 15 years, but welcome back. <laughs> We've missed you. Well, K-Star, you, you, wanted to, you wanted to say something? Yeah, 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 yeah. Conversely, for me, Stephen A has been one of the worst two days. This is also – uh, this was also my birthday weekend. Um, I'm not sure what's up with this. Uh, I don't know what the hell is going on uh, in this world, this new world we're living in. But I don't, I don't want, I, I don't like it. It's a dark day. It's a dark year. And um, it's just, it's been rough, man. It's been really bad. And if anyone listening, which there are plenty of people who are doing so, if you want to tune out, that'd be greatly appreciated. Normally, I do not recommend that, but I think next week will be a better show by default. Uh, because I think I'll be a little positive. Because anything's better than what I'm going to have to do to endure tonight. And 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 let me just assure you that K Star, whatever you think you're going to endure tonight, it's going to be even worse. How about them Cowboys? That is a great drop, though. I'm not even going to lie. That is pretty awesome. I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean anyway. But K, you know what, K Star, though, I'm going to give you a chance right now to comment. On, on this, these comments. I want, I want your thoughts on this. So, what is the key to coming off uh, any kind of defeat when there are problems out there on both offense and defense? What's the key to holding it together and moving forward? We got to stop BSing ourselves. We got to be real with ourselves. When we get in the meeting room, we got to actually pay attention to the things that are not going right. Pay attention to the things that we're not doing right, and correct them, and not just blow smoke up our, our tails and think that everything's going to be all right just because we won the last game. It don't happen that way. You know, we, we take responsibility for the problems that we have in this offense. And if we don't do that, if we keep, you know, listening to what the pundits say and the analysts say, talking about this and that and all the positive things, if we don't take it and, and actually look at the negative things and correct those things, then it's not going to matter. That was Doug Baldwin's post-game, a piece of his post-game interview. I heard the whole interview, and that was kind of the last comment that got blown up in the media. K-Star, your thoughts? Well, for one, for one thing, he sounded pissed off. I think we all can uh... – deduce that from that statement. Um, he's right, though. I mean, that could be applied to any other team any other team in the National Football League aside from just Seattle. You know, everyone can come in. You can play well. You have people who get too high and get too low. 
people who are absolutely obsessed with recency bias and absolutely forget of uh, you know what kind of work they had to put in to where they were, and how easily you can fall from that pedestal that you know you are on top of, like the Cowboys are now. It could easily crumble uh, next week. It's just the way of the business. It's the NFL, and you have to stay hungry. You have to stay humble. Um, and the, you know you saw with Dallas and, and Seattle. Dallas outplayed Seattle. I'm not, I mean, let's just not sugarcoat it at all. They punched them in the mouth. They took Seattle's game plan and had a better version presented for them. They didn't have a Legion of Boom. You know, they just had, you know, the, the, the Marco Murray, the Legion of Doom. Like, it was just uh, relentless. It was just a relentless assault on Seattle with their own blueprint. And, you know, Seattle had a swaggering confidence, uh, and a lot of people just, you know, rode off the Cowboys and, you know, heralded them as just, you know, cute underdogs. They were the Rocky. Uh, of this picture, and you know they made a movie out of it. They made a spectacle, and now you know you have Apollo Creed laying down, trying to pick themselves back up. And that's just the way it is in the NFL. You can't get too high, you can't get too low. And I and I and I and I appreciate those very honest um, comments. How about this cowboy? I, I mean, I mean, <laughs> I mean, you hit it right on the head, you know. Um, Jay, I'll give you a minute. Your thoughts on the Cowboys? Um, and let's and let it and let's be honest. I mean, you know, we have a chance as Cowboy fans, my brother, stick our chest out, you know, for a week, right? And let, let's let's enjoy it. Who knows what next week's gonna bring? But right now, let's just be honest. Cowboys punched them in the mouth. They beat them at their well, own game. Your, your thoughts on this game, my brother? That's exactly what happened. And I've heard numerous times on uh, the radios and also on TV, the score was not – the game was not as close as the score would indicate. So they came out, punched them in the mouth, and kept punching them in the mouth. And it really shows that they came prepared to play. They've been prepared to play. And like I told you all last week and probably the – did against the Saints and also winning the close ones like they did against the Texans. And I felt those two victories show that they know how to win. That's most important. They know how to win. And that's why I knew they could have a solid chance of winning against Seattle in Seattle. And they did just that. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I, I think for me, um, a happy area and a concern area is even with the turnovers, the block punt, Dwayne Harris and him dropping the punt, the the snap that went to Romo's knee that they recovered, those three turnovers resulted in 17 points for um, uh, Seattle. Even with those turnovers and Dallas losing a turnover battle, um, they still were able to win the game. But I will caution anyone listening that that is not a formula to continue to repeat. You can't keep making those mistakes and thinking that you can just dig yourself out, even though you did it against, you know, an elite team like the Seahawks in their stadium, it's still a very dangerous game you play. If you had played a game more like the Saints, the score would have been probably more like the Saints. You know, if you had played like that with no turnovers and no no mistakes. The block punt, okay, you weren't ready. Doug Baldwin came inside, fine. Um, I would have called a timeout if you saw that, but fine. Um, but Dwayne Harris, dude, you know, no, you know, um, the Romo thing with Frederick and the snap, I mean, okay, I guess, um, but you know, you combine it all and that's 17 points 
And in a lot of games, that's enough to lose. So I would caution everybody, including the Cowboys, even though you fought and even though, you know, but, but I guess Jay just said, it just shows how dominant a victory it really was. And, and train, see, I, let, let me, yeah. let, let me, before you go to train, let me piggyback on that. Let me piggyback on that real quick because I'm glad you mentioned that. Go back to week one and remember the first half they had against San Francisco with all the turnovers. You go to yep. week six and see the turnovers that they had against Seattle. You see the growth in the team from week one to week six. That's amazing. Yeah, absolutely. It, it, it's amazing. And all I was going to say is I know Train's got comments later about the Cowboys, so I'm going to hold Train till later because um, I know he's got some, some stuff he's going to say later about the game. Um, so I'll hold off on Train for now. But let's move to another team. that The only team in the NFL that's got more Super Bowl wins than Dallas Cowboys. And 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 I know he also has a bona, f- uh, I'm sorry, a rant on this, and I don't know if he wants to go into the rant now or not, or talk about the game. I, I don't know, but I I I I want K Star. I mean, we we you know we gotta talk. We have to talk about the Steelers, and um, you know I believe if I remember correctly, I think it was last week, maybe it was two weeks ago. I said Mike Tomlin's coaching for his job, and you kind of didn't really feel that way. You kind of felt like, you know, you know, they're going to be okay, and he's going to be okay, and everybody's going to be okay, and we're going to sing Kumbaya, and everybody's going to be happy. Um, By the way. How about them Cowboys? Okay, I forgot about that. Um, but, 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 um, you went into Cleveland, and I watched the game. I got NFL Rewind. And I watched the game. I had to turn it off. It, it was bad. Um, I had to. I couldn't. I really. I couldn't watch it because I didn't know who the team. I didn't know who that team was that I was watching. I, it's not look like any Steeler team I've seen in recent. I don't know who that team is. K Star, the floor is yours. Talk to us. Uh, talk, what's going on in Pittsburgh? Um, a whole lot of terrible. A whole lot of non Pittsburgh Steelers like uh, football being played. And, you know, you asked me earlier if I'm going to have my sound off, um, you know, or, or discuss the game. You can't have one without the other because I'm about to sound off right now for you anyway uh, while discussing this game. Uh, ben Roethlisberger, 18-1 going against Cleveland Browns. He owns them, right? It was all good. And we go into there and we get smacked. The Pittsburgh Steelers lose 31-10, but we all knew that. But what we didn't know, what no one expected was a result like this, and surely not any of Steelers' nation, Steelers' faithful. The Browns, while playing solid, they just came back against the Titans last week, but they're hardly a world beater. And, again, I mean, the Steelers dominated the Browns week one. Uh, Browns had a nice comeback. But this, this, this Steelers team of the past two and a half seasons, uh, right now we sit at three and three. The past few years we sat at eight and eight. And I am not seeing any progress. I'm not seeing any improvement. I am seeing sheer mediocrity to borderline just some of the worst Steelers uh, uh, football I've ever seen in my life. And, you know, it's it's right now, honestly, it's a testament to the coaching staff, and it starts with Mike Tomlin, who I, I love and admire. But when you keep doing this, bro, you, you really are putting your reputation on the line, uh, not only as a coach, but, you know, as as even a guy who arguably had had little to nothing to do with even our first Super Bowl because there's more, there's more grumblings out there that that team that you won that Super Bowl with was Bill Cowher's football team. And it is hard to refute that as we have regressed to mediocrity uh, under your true leadership. And 
you know, we, we talk about, I'm sorry, Mike Tomlin has talked about things changing, penalties being cut down. Well, why is it that we still would find ourselves in a first and goal to one yard line, yard line at, you know, in the Cleveland red zone? And here we have uh, our left tackle, Beecham, having an unnecessary roughness personal foul. Uh, back from first and one at the goal line to first and uh, uh, 20 at, our, at, you know, at the 20-yard line. It's just, it's just more of the same. And, you know, Todd Haley, I mean, we can do a whole show on him. Uh, you know, Dick LeBeau, um, I don't think this is a Dick LeBeau type thing. I think this is just a depletion of talent defensively. Uh, and he's just working with, with honestly, a, a ghost of, of a player that we used to love and adore and, and, and one of the best players in the league of Troy Palomalu, who is no longer Troy Palomalu. Um, that his time has come and gone, and it's terrible, and I hate to say it, but, you know, he's right now we're just chasing ghosts out there. This is not the Pittsburgh Steelers team I love. This is just a shell of their former selves. And while I don't think that uh, in, in mid-October the season is over, uh, I will say that it's hard to forecast uh, a season being better than 7-9 and nine or 8-8 eight and eight because, again, it's more of the same. And the talent is there offensively when you have one of the best quarterbacks in the game still in Ben Roethlisberger, when you have one of the best receivers in the league in Antonio Brown and one of the most young, promising backs in Le'Veon Bell, and we still are putting up 10 points at Cleveland. It's just unacceptable. And Mike Tomlin, if you don't respond to the, you know, and get this team going and headed in the right direction starting this Monday night at Houston, then um, you know what? What I said a couple of weeks ago, or last week, I'm sorry, to, to T, I'm absolutely going to take because I, I can't. No, we can't. We can't stand. This, we can't stand for this. This is the Pittsburgh Steelers we're talking about. Six-time World Champions. This is just unacceptable. All right. So I'm disgusted. Let me, let me ask you a question, K-Star. Would you blow it up? You're the GM. Do you blow up the team and start over, or is there something here that you think is salvageable? Which direction do you take? I don't blow it up. I think that they need to both the coaching staff, not necessarily the personnel. There's a lot of good pieces in there. Uh, Does Haley need to go finally? Are we done with Todd Haley? Figures the connection would mess up now. <laughs> yeah, we got you, you. You're in and out, K Star. Find a spot. <laughs> I want to hear this one. <laughs> oh, we lost K Star. Oh man, we lost K Star. I just just when he, I, I'm pretty sure he was saying K, uh, Haley's got to go. I I couldn't hear the words, but the passion was there. Um, I I almost I almost feel bad for K Star. How about this cowboy? <laughs> but I actually don't. Okay. We got K Star back. All right. K Star, are you back with us? Yeah, I was so mad. You asked me about Ty Haley. I blew up the phone line. Um, yeah, you did. You did. He, 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 needs, he needs to go. He needs to get the hell out of here. We are underutilizing one of the best young running backs in the league. We have too much talent. We have Ben Roethlisberger just sitting there in his prime. Wasting away under Ty Haley. We're running third and five, halfback blast at the goal line with LeGarrette Blunt and just being any fish on third downs and just being the short passing game and not letting Ben be Ben. It's just pissing me off and I can't stand it anymore. I can't take it. I'm losing my mind. It's just, yes, yes, he needs to go. He needs to go. Who would, who would ever have thought <sighs> that at this point in the season, the Steelers right now are pretty much on the bottom of the division? It's disgusting and it's unacceptable. This is ridiculous. Mm, mm, mm. Uh, well, yeah, I, uh, you you, I was just going to say, Train, do you have any thoughts? 
Hey, you know I got some thoughts. I can tell you where your first mistake was made. You know what I'm saying? One, your coach forgot about discipline. All right? He forgot what it takes to discipline his players. So he let two of his players that did get in trouble for, for having marijuana while in preseason. He just lets them play. So now everybody else knows that they can run them up. That's your first problem. Your second problem is your whole linebacking core is injured with the session of Larry Foot. I don't know how you expect to stop anybody from running the ball. You know what I'm saying? That's a big problem in itself. Um, yeah, we have injuries. Secondly, you didn't blow you didn't dominate the Browns in week one. You better got out of there with a victory. All right? So respect that team. Stop taking credit from them. Because they came with it. And the Browns came in came into the season with a decent defense. Y'all just didn't respect it. I don't know why you're so mad at Ty Haley. Heck, you ain't mad at him when you're winning. You ain't mad at him when your team's scoring 30 and 40 points, but you're mad at him when you score 10. Hey, how often does that happen? How often does that happen? Hey, all I'm saying is when he's he's scoring, you ain't got nothing to say about him. All of a sudden, when he's not scoring, we want to get rid of him. I mean, what do you want? You can't have best of both worlds, man. One or the other. Problem with Steelers, they had it in a bunch of different areas, but it does start with the head coach. We're showing that his players need to be disciplined. You know what I'm saying? And then, on top of that, when your players mess up on the field, on the third and one, it truly is just on the players, period. So there, there's blame to be put on the coach, but there's also blame to be put on the players. Everybody got uh, the right to be stupid, but just don't abuse the privilege. You know, as far there as the, were wrong. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead, go ahead. Star. Uh, go ahead. As far as the Cleveland game goes, uh, I'm talking about the inconsistency of this team train because in that first uh, half against Cleveland, the Steelers were up 27-3, and you already saw the warts in the second half of what the Steelers' 2014 season would be, which is, you know, absolutely marred on by the, the, the inconsistent play as the Browns come back on a 24-to-nothing uh, run in the second half. So they were absolutely mm-hmm. dominated, but then the Steelers absolutely showed their inconsistent play. And, you know, it's, it's been a hallmark of the team the past two and a half years, and that inconsistent play has led – these, uh, you know, mediocre records of eight and eight. Um, and, you know, as far as the discipline thing goes, I absolutely agree. You know, I'm, I'm on your guys' side now with this because the fact of the matter is we are on disciplined football team. The same things keep happening. And while Tomlin is preaching discipline, he didn't suspend Le'Veon Bell or LeGarrette Blunt for any type of games this season. So when now, when, when we are making mistakes in the football field, why would players begin to listen? I don't know. Why would they? That's a good question. So I'm coming to your side. You know, finally came over to the dark side. That's what I'm talking well, about. And, 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 let me say, and let me just say this. And this is what really, this is what really now has me kind of cashing in the chips on Tomlin. So Bill Cowher and Heinz Ward, okay? Heinz Ward, to me, arguably the toughest, wide receiver to ever play the game of football, arguably, okay? You can debate it, but for my money, he's number one, toughest, okay? Had no problem hitting, had no problem, you know, taking a hit, the toughest. Bill Cower, we know what Bill Cower meant to the organization, okay? We know his reputation, no nonsense. Players coach, but no nonsense. They both came out and said that the Steelers were soft, what does that tell you? And, and, and Tomlin, to his credit, just said, hey, I respect these guys, but, you know, they're on the outside. Look, he said all the right things. He gave the right response. He didn't blast them for it like he could have. 
He said, hey, their job is analyze and do that. That's what they do. And, you know, that's fine. But, you know, they're on the outside looking in, and it's just like elevator music to me. Okay, cool. But I still go back to the comments of being soft by two people that I think epitomize the word tough. Cower as a coach and Heinz Ward as a player. And they're saying the team is soft. That's just something to think about. All right. Uh, we got a special segment tonight. We got I got a, I got a, I got contacted today by Randy Garcia, and uh, listeners may remember, and my co-host may remember that Randy is Aaron Hernandez's cousin. And just just in case you've lived under a rock, uh, Aaron Hernandez, former Bristol resident who uh, grew up here in Bristol, played for Bristol Central High School, um, and ultimately ended up playing for the New England Patriots. And, you know, one of the better tight ends uh, uh, at the time, uh, Pro Bowl tight end for the Patriots. And um, he's, he's uh, at this point in time, um, sitting in jail facing uh, murder charges. And we've had Randy on before. Um, and, and kind of the theme of the show was, let's just wait and see what happens. You know, the media, everybody rushes to judgment. And, and, and you know, it wouldn't be the first time. And I'm not saying he's falsely accused. I'm saying I don't know, you know, but but let's just wait and see what happens. We don't know. Well, we're going to bring Randy on because Randy says he's got some things he want to share with us. So uh, let's just go ahead here. Uh, Randy Garcia, welcome to the Madden Voice. <laughs> How you doing, T? What's going on? Nothing, my brother. Good to have you back on the show. You're here uh, live with myself, with Dr. Train, with K-Star, and uh, our newest host, J.B., and um, it's good. How it's you good fellas to doing today? All right, how's it going, Randy? Hey, hey Randy, Randy back. taking it day by day. <laughs> All right. Well, listen, the floor is yours. You 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 had some things you wanted to share with us, and uh, the floor is well, yours. Talk to us. So, thank you for having me back on the show. Um, you know, it's been a little while, and um, like I said, you know, when we first did the first show, when everything was happening and going, you know, I told you guys that, like you said, we don't know anything yet. Um, everybody's still digging and searching. And, um, you know, and I told you that, you know, since that, since it happened, me and Aaron have been keeping in touch. And, you know, I look at it as, like I told you guys before, from, a, um, you know, a spiritual uh, standpoint. And, um, Aaron has written to me and told me, and I quote, you know, um, I'm going to church in here and will continue to go because the man above has always been there for me and his love is unconditional through thick and thin. So, you know, um, that was my whole point in guiding him and writing to him was that nobody can judge you except for God. And the truth will come out. Eventually. So, you know, I'm hoping that this continues, that he continues going to church, that he continues to, um, you know, uh, believe in, in the system and believe that uh, um, from what I'm hearing is that he continues to uh, believe in his heart that um, he will uh, end up winning uh, both of these cases, no matter what the circumstances are. Oh, that's a very very interesting. Um, you know, and, and, and certainly I would consider you to be 
um, credible um, source of information. And I can't always say that about the media. Um, you know, the media will do what they need to do for ratings. And so when people listen to the media, um, you know, you, you kind of got to realize you might be getting the truth. You might not. You might be getting a version of the truth. And, um, you know, just as a as a fellow Bristol resident who, who has met Aaron, I hope you're right. <laughs> you know, I, ho- I, I, I hope you're right. I hope that he has his day in court sooner than later and he's exonerated on all charges and um you know that 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 the the that we can all find peace he can find peace and get back into society and the victims families can find peace and you know the the thing that i would also say is that if if he is innocent and didn't do these these you know horrible crimes that the real perpetrators are brought to justice because then the families you know are sitting there saying okay if 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 the evidence doesn't show that Aaron did it and he's free and who did it? And now they're, they're, you know, they're still not at at peace, and they're still not at rest. And we want that too. We we want we want the truth to come out. I guess that's the best right. way to say it. Yeah, and we do, and we continue praying, you know, for the families as well as Aaron, also um, not to leave them out too, because like you said, they're going through a lot, and they're suffering just as we are um, for Aaron. Um, but you know, like Aaron says, um, he's leaving everything in God's hands. And uh, he truly, um, and, you know, um, at first everybody was skeptic and, and you know, like you said, and, and pointing fingers and and judging uh, everybody, you know, being judgmental and so forth and so on. And now um, I've been writing to Aaron for now a year, since ever since he's been locked up, and we have a great communication. Um, you know, he tells me everything that goes on. I tell him what's going on out here. And, uh, I mean, um, the more... I mean, at first it was, you know, hey, if you didn't do it, then, you know, the truth will come out, so forth and so on. And now it's like, you know, it's in God's hands. I know I'll be innocent. Um, I'll be out there again with you, Randy, and um, everything will be fine. I just, he said that, you know, God puts people sometimes in in places um, to get their minds right. And and I believe myself that that's what he's doing. Because um, I told Aaron that he has a lot of people praying for him, um, that his supporters, his family, his friends. And, you know, I told him one, um, in one of the letters, I said, you know, um, whether you choose to believe it or not, uh, God hears a lot, of pray- a lot of prayers, and he's hearing all the prayers um, now. And I told him, and one of the prayers that he's hearing is that they've thrown a lot of evidence out in your case. Everything that the that the, that the um, cops and the detectives and everything went and got in the house is now some of that stuff they can't even use. Right. And I told them, I said, it's God's it's God's will for you, and it's God it's God hearing all the prayers. Speaking again, once again, from a spiritual standpoint, it's God hearing our prayers for you. In other words, you might you might, and I'm not saying if He will or not, but me personally is telling Him you're going to get a second chance at life. Now let's see what you do with it. Well, let's get there first. You yeah. know, let, let, let's get there. <laughs> you know, you know, let, 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 that, that that would be the primary goal is to get there. There's a long journey from here to there. Yes, and, yes um, there is. You know, it, it is a long journey because he's got two cases pending. And, um, mm-hmm. You know, there's there's a, there's a lot that's going to be involved in both those cases. So, um, but you know, we're going to be here. The man voice ain't going anywhere. 
And, and, and you know, we'll be here anytime you want to come on and share any information with us that, you know, that you feel like, you know, is, is relevant, that you think, um, you know, people should, should hear. Uh, we're here for you. But there, but there is one thing I wanted to say to you, though. It bothers me not to, to say this to you, and um, I think you guys are for real this year. Um, yeah. uh-huh. I think you guys are. I think the, you're running that big offensive line that you got in those, and that running back. I mean, you yeah. can run a train through that line. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. So, you know, we still have work to do. I think we found the Raiders have found the quarterback of the future for them. So we have to take it day by day, and it's a growing process. But I'm sure just like you guys got back on top, we'll be back on top someday too. <laughs> you got the Raiders. The Raiders will be back competitive one day, and that day, day will come when the Davis family is not in charge. You can have <laughs> all the talent in the world on that team, and mm. as long as the Davis family is in charge, you will, I'm telling you now, you need mm-hmm. you need someone running that organization. The last name and isn't kin to Al Davis. May he rest right. in peace. The man did a lot of great things for the NFL, and, and, and I don't like to talk badly about people that have passed away. But but real right. is real. We can see now with your team that the same kind of philosophies are still in place, and you, you truly do need a football ownership that is about the team, about the players, about the fans, because the Raiders have a great history, great fan base, great organization, and, and all you just need is the right people at the helm. And then mm-hmm. I think you guys will be competitive again. I really do. Because, you know, uh, frankly, when you look at the AFC – it, 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 you know, the AFC is wide open. Now, everybody says Denver, 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 okay? Mm-hmm. Um, but, but you know, Peyton Manning still has one Super Bowl win. So as great as Peyton Manning is, it ain't Denver, Denver, Denver. San Diego's right. playing really, really well. But we've seen this yes. story before with the Chargers. We've seen this. So let's let's wait and see. So what I'm saying is, and, and the Patriots, okay, Brady's making a resurgence. Uh, fine. But, you know what I mean? But there's no – Juggernaut right now. There's no right, team in the AFC. AFC. Yeah. You know what I mean? So if you got, you know, you, AFC, yes. yeah, I mean, the Colts look, there's teams that look good, but there's no dominant power team in the AFC right now. So, right. so any it, it, team. It's up for grabs. It's up for grabs. Any team. It's up for grabs. <laughs> except maybe, yes, except maybe the Steelers. Yes, except is. maybe the Steelers. But any team. We still have chips. <laughs> <laughs> You know something, and, and, and uh, my, um, I told my, my wife, because she's a Dolphin fan, so she was giving it to me a couple of weeks ago. Um, uh, I, you know, um, my Raiders are 0-5, but, you know, me, being the guy that I am, I always have some kind of comeback. I said, well, let's see, against Dallas, all-time, we're 6-5. and five. Against the Steelers, all-time, we're 6-5. and five. And against the Dolphins, all-time, we're 18-13 and 13 or something like that, 18-16. So I said, um... Toodaloo. And that that stat and two dollars will get you a medium coffee at Dunkin' Donuts because that's about how how useful that stat is. I mean, mean, you know, I mean, hey, man, 0-5, you know. I got a a question to ask you, T. What do you think about the Adrian Peterson case? Um, 
I think I I think it's a way over way being way overblown, way overblown. Um, uh, you know, uh, um, it, you know, as a parent, um, and as as an African American parent, I understand the culture that many of us are raised under to do physical, you know, uh, uh, punishments to our children, and I will agree that from the pictures I saw, he went overboard. Um, <laughs> Is is that does that mean that you jeopardize the rest of his football career, potential two right. years in jail? I mean, is it to that level? Do we have reason to believe that he that this was his intent, that he was maliciously trying to to you know put his kid in the hospital? Does he have a track record and a history of this? I just think I don't he, think. So. He got carried away, as we do sometimes when we get emotional. And, and you mm-hmm. know, these welts and bruises that come up, they don't come up right away. You right. know, you, you know I, I, I can tell from not having done that, being on the other end of those bruises when I was a kid, <laughs> they don't pop up right away. They pop up later, you know. So when you're yes. doing, when you're, do, you know, beating a kid, you're beating a kid. So right. did he get carried away? Yes, he did. Was he wrong? Well, I yes, remember myself um, growing up, and as you can, you grew up in that kind of uh, era. So did I. Um, I don't know about the rest of the fellas, but you know, I was telling my wife, um, my father. I got two butt kickers when I was a kid because I was a pretty good kid. Um, I came home late on a, on a, on a school day. I was supposed to be in at eight thirty. My mom had to go out looking for us. We didn't. She finally found us at ten thirty at night. And we got whipped. Um, and uh, Dad did all the whipping back then, of course. And I got whipped, and my marks were worse than, than the kids' marks. And I was 11 years old. Another time we got caught smoking in, um, caught smoking for the first time. Um, and we got beat, spanked and got beat again. Same kind of belt marks. And, you know, the whole moral to the story is your dad – the, the fathers today, I mean, they can't put fear into the kids' hearts like they did back then. It's a whole different atmosphere, not a whole it's different, a different world. world. Yeah, it's a different yeah. world, um, absolutely. And like I said, was he did he did he go overboard? In my opinion, yes. Four year old little boy, he went too far. Should there be some sort of punishment? Yes, community service, some parenting right. classes. Right probation, you know, two years, um, you know, maybe a social worker comes in when he has his kid and checks on him. And, you know, there's plenty of things you can do, but mm-hmm. for it to be where it is now, where he can't play football and, and the whole weed thing was stupid on his part. So, I mean, I got no sympathy for that. You're on probation. No, I don't either. I mean, yeah, that was a dumb move on his part. That's, that's yes. pretty stupid now. But I think the, yeah. the other part of it, I think is, is overblown, but I mean, Hey, it's, it's, it's the world we live in. And, um, it is what it is. But anyway, we're going to uh, – uh, oh, hey, last thing. How's your health? I saw something on Facebook. How you feeling? You good? Yeah. Uh, as a matter of fact, I just came home from uh, from surgery today. Um, I had back surgery. Uh, okay. Um, I'm good. The surgery was successful. I'm in a lot of pain right now, but I still wanted to, you know, do the show. Um, uh, and But it's, everything's good. Um, it's going to take a call three weeks for – uh, therapy and healing and for the pain to go away. Then they got me on this other four-week regimen. So um, it looks good, and it's going to be better. for, for the, um, the pain will be gone, and uh, my back should be 
good again um, in about six months, so I could be out there playing basketball again. There you go. All right. That's what I like to hear. Excellent, excellent. All right, Randy, we're going to continue on with the show. Appreciate okay, you calling thank in. You. But, uh, hey, I'm going to send you with this note. How about you, Cowboy? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, all right, guys, you guys have a great night. All right, man, all right. take it easy. All right, you too, okay. All right, bye-bye. All right, that's Aaron Hernandez, his cousin, Randy Garcia, a friend of the Madden Voice, just giving us an update on, on Aaron. Aaron has found God and is praying, and, you know, I, 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 there's nothing wrong with that. Um, that that's good news. I, I, I don't care what level you're talking about. That's a good thing, and uh, we'll see. I mean, we're going to, at the Madden Voice, we don't rush the judgment here, um, except against the Steelers. Other than that, we don't rush the judgment, and we're going to wait and see what happens. And Aaron, uh, I'm sorry, Randy knows he can, uh, well, Aaron could too, <laughs> frankly, if you want to call in. But Randy knows he could call in any time, and we're more than happy to, to, you know, listen to any updates and any information. So we appreciate that. Let's go to the phone lines. And by the way, three four seven eight three eight nine five two five. If you want to call in, three four seven eight three eight nine five two five. Twitter at the Madden Voice on Twitter. Facebook, like the page while you're there. Just simply Facebook.com backslash. The Madden Voice. If you like the show, tell a friend. Tell two. Tell three. Um, but let's go to the phone lines and an area code I'm very familiar with, 860, Connecticut person, calling into the Madden Voice. Welcome to the Madden Voice. Hello, 860? Hello. Yes. You are live on the Madden Voice. All right. And you are no longer live on the Madden Voice. Okay. Let's move along. <laughs> um, let's go to Dr. Train. We haven't heard enough from my brother, Dr. Train. And uh, we're going to talk about these Bears who had a nice win. Um, and, you know, your Bears beat the Falcons. And, you know, on our pickums that we do online, you know, I was – let's take out the tie because no one won the tie. And we're going to talk about the tie shortly. But so for 15 games – um, or is it 14 games? I think it was 14 games, right? Because there were two teams on a bye. Um, so I think there were 14 games this week. I was 13 out of 14. Yeah. And the one game I missed was the Bears and the Falcons because I picked the Falcons. That's yeah, that's what you get, bro. Yeah, I know. I said train's going to get me for going against the Falcons. But that said, uh, I mean, going against the Bears. So your Bears came back and win. And, I, and my question to you, quite simply, we talked uh, two weeks ago. And you said to me off the air that when I told you about my formula for the Bears and I had my talk to Jay Cutler and I said Bennett was fool's gold and I and I told him exactly what to do and you said, why did I let you get away with that? I, I don't agree with that and I should have said something. After seeing this game, what do you think now, Dr. Train? Well, I think if I put everything within context, what you stated back then was the offense shouldn't go through my toes, Bennett. And what I should have said back then is the offense isn't going through Martellus Bennett. What had, what was happening then was we had two wide receivers that was playing through injury. And I will always say no football player is 100% after the first game. No one will ever be 100%. But they will be healthy enough to play almost at 100%. And at the time we were giving Martellus Bennett all those passes, we didn't have a Marshall at full speed. We didn't have a Jeffries at full speed. They played, but they played through injury. Uh, because the one thing I do know, you know, I read up on Chicago uh, 
after each and every game, win or loss. And I find out, you know, who are the plays going to, who who is designed. A lot of plays are designed to go to Brandon Marshall. He's like the top read on a ton of plays, you know. And at that time, he just wasn't creating any separation from his man. The only person that was, you know, doing that thing was Montez Bennett. So he got the ball. But uh, the team is more successful. One thing I will agree with you is, is the team is more successful when the ball can be thrown to uh, Marshall and Jeffries and Forte and then it be that third or fourth option. Uh, but at that time, no, that was not the case. So when you write half, half. Well, well I, you know, and I certainly, I certainly don't want to um, – dispute your superior knowledge of your team. Um, mm-hmm. But at the same time, um, 50% of Brandon Marshall is still the best wide receiver on that team. Um, you know, and, and, and the excuse of he was there, but as a hundred percent is lame. I'm just being honest. If he's on the field, please, he plays football. He's there. If he can't play, then get off the field. Let's get somebody no, else. That's out not, to that's play. He's on the field. He plays. He was healthy well, well, enough play. to play. He's healthy enough to play, but you know, you know, in any in any athletic event, if you aren't as healthy as you could be, then it makes it a little easier to cover you. Now, Brandon Marshall is still getting double covered, even though he's only playing at fifty percent. Let's let's go hypothetically. If he's only playing at fifty percent, well, versus a Brandon Marshall that's playing at maybe eighty, eighty-five, ninety percent, it's a little easier to cover him. Slow your roll. Brandon Marsh was getting mm-hmm. double cover. Jeffries wasn't getting the ball either. Bennett was getting the ball. That was my point. Bennett had nine catches, 134 yards. Forte wasn't getting wasn't running the ball either because Bennett wasn't blocking. Watch the touchdown that Forte oh, runs I, I the ball that. in. Yeah. And who's the block who's the block that springs Forte? Martellus Bennett. Watch the, I watched the game. I got an NFL game rebound. I watched the game. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. What, I'm, what I'm saying is now all of a sudden they got Martellus Bennett playing in more. He's playing on the line more. He's blocking more because he's, he's a great receiver. He's even a better blocker. I'm telling you, he's a better blocker than he is a receiver. He's a big target, but he's a better blocker than he is a receiver. And I'm, when I'm I just, saw okay. this game, I saw this game play out exactly like I said. Their main fo- main focus was Forte, right? He Which had 17 carries, he had 10 catches, mm-hmm. but it, but it wasn't before because it was Bennett. One thing, well, one thing I know the main focus wasn't Bennett. If but you, if your you quarterback is all, not a you your quarterback is yeah, but your quarterback okay, is not yeah, the biggest attention. fault with Cutler is he does not. He does not go through his reads. That's been Cutler's whole career is he doesn't go through his reads. So I can't sit here and have you tell me that when Bennett was getting nine catches, it was because he was going through his reads and Bennett was – he doesn't go through his reads. That's been Cutler's knock his whole oh, career. That, how, how do you know he doesn't go through his reads? The knock on That's Cutler been, has been – no, the knock on Cutler has been that he – once Brandon Marshall got there was one, he, he sticks to throwing to Brandon Marshall and he won't go to anybody else. And secondly – it it has been it has been his mechanics because he won't he won't he trusts his arms so much that he wouldn't step into his throws. He throws his back for the lot only because he feels like he can make it with his arm. Second, and that's another knock too. To address, exactly now to address why then it was getting the ball 
we the run game was getting locked up in our first three games. Because our first Bennett three games, wasn't blocking. Hey, it wasn't hey, real quick, I got to interject real quick. It wasn't hey, just Trey. because of Bennett. Trey. It's, five Trey, Trey. Other, it's five other people there. Go ahead, Train. You, you do realize, though, that when you talk about one of Cutler's flaws being that he tries to force his balls into coverage, you do realize that means he's making bad reads then, right? I just that, that, that's exactly That's exactly right. I'm just saying. Making and, and, bad and, and, reads and not – hold on, hold on. Making bad reads and not going through your reads are two different things. No, they go hand in hand typically. No, no, they don't. They, they are two different things. <laughs> they are two different things. So even if he goes through his reads and he chooses one, and that's the wrong one to choose, that's a bad read. But it doesn't mean he didn't go through his reads. Hey, so you're sitting there telling me that I'm making this up, right? I, that that, that, that there's never kidding. been a knock on Cutler for not going through his progressions. Maybe we hear different things. My my the two the the main things that I felt like that was bad on Cutler was bad decisions with the ball. And sticking to one target. Well, that, and throwing that's... and throwing off his and throwing off his back foot. But you do know that bad decisions with the ball and sticking to one target could also be connected to not going to your reads. And my whole point is that's what I've heard. I heard about that with Cutler when he was at Denver. I've heard that through his whole career that he that he tends to stare down a player, uh, a receiver, which is why he's you know generally has so many interceptions. Um, that he tends to stare down at one receiver, has in mind who he's going to throw to, doesn't go through his reads. Not all the time, but a lot of the times, particularly on third down plays that are key. This is what I've heard. I haven't watched as many Cutler games as you have. I didn't see that, however, in this game. What I saw, well, which is why I brought it up, was pretty uh-huh. much everything I said. I mean, it's nice for you to say, well, yeah, T, you, you're kind of right, but, well, okay, maybe, but but it's just funny that what I'm, what I'm exactly what I said. But but it's funny that exactly what I said is exactly what – it's a good win over Atlanta. And you got that win exactly. by doing exactly what I suggested. But, 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 but what I'm saying is – what I'm saying is your suggestion that the offense was going through Martellus Bennett is not true. I'm not saying that how our offense should have been running – how you say our offense should have been running isn't true. That's the way it should have ran from day one. But they struggled running the ball out the gate. They struggled running the ball the first three games. And it wasn't because only because Martell Bennett didn't block. The whole offensive line didn't didn't run block. They could pass block their ass off. And Jay Cutler makes up makes up for his mobility when they do miss a block here and there or let someone get in. But as far as running the ball, that starts with the O line. Not so offensive O line outside so, missing the block. So wait, wait. So wait, so the O line just figured out how to block against Atlanta? They just woke up and said, okay, now no, we know how to No, 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 Prior to Atlanta, the run game started opening up against Green Bay. We couldn't go point for point with Green Bay. Neither did we have any defense. But Matt Forte's run game opened up against Green Bay. We've been able well, to run well, the ball well, well, the past well, three games. Well, Train, that's not a fair uh, – uh, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, of it's if, true. Wait, wait, let me finish. If you're getting blown out by a team – and they're expecting you to pass, and then Forte's able to get some runs because they're looking for the pass. You can't say, well, our run game opened up. <laughs> That's not uh, reasonable. T, no, that T, it is T. In that game, I watched that Green Bay game, okay? Maybe you did fully. Maybe you didn't. You got to rerun. But I watched the game fully. We were able to run the ball out the gate. 
What we were not able to do, what we were not able to do in that game is one play defense, period. And two, Green Bay started to force turnovers. Then Chicago had to really throw the ball. And we couldn't go point for point. We couldn't keep it up on offense. So we had to abandon the run at some point. But we were able to run the ball out of the gate against Green Bay and against Carolina. So they didn't just start running the ball against Atlanta. We finally played two halves. Instead of only scoring in the first half or only scoring in the first half or second half, we scored in the first and the second half and finally played 60 minutes. That's why we put Atlanta away. Then by everything I said, I think that what I saw, I saw a different Chicago team against Atlanta. I saw Martellus Bennett's um, uh, offensive functions pretty much non-existent, not a focus. I saw him on the line more. I saw him blocking more. I saw your boy Forte getting some nice runs. I saw production. Of course, both the receivers got off. I mean, Atlanta's not, you know, Atlanta's shown that, you know, they beat they beat the Saints, although we don't know what the Saints are. But it, Atlanta has shown themselves to be, you know, a, 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 let's put it like this. It's the only game I lost picking. And so I think my picking skills are pretty decent. And uh, I picked them to win this game. Um, I didn't think your team was going to come in and play smart. And I think that you guys now have um, – I think there is some potential for you guys, if you continue this same formula, to be, um, to be competitive. And I hope that a game happens where you can come back and say, well, T, look at this game. Um, I have a feeling what's going to happen is there's going to be a game that's going to come up, and I'm going to say, uh, Train, you guys went back to Bennett, and what happened? And what happened? I just think answer. you're. I just think because you you're looking at who got the who got most of the production that you're looking at. That's how the offense was designed. And I know, as I told you, are we all bear tabloids after every single game, win or lose? And I can tell you, just from my own research, never the game plan. The game plan is always to get Forte going and they couldn't get him going the first few weeks. We played against a few good-run defensive teams. Buffalo. Yeah, you guys played against Buffalo. San Francisco was a tough-run team. The Jets was a tough-run a tough deep run defense team. All three of those teams played the run really well, and we could not get Forte going on the run. When Forte gets going on the run, the offense is completely different. And, and when Forte has a target that he's going to, and this target's making receptions, he's going to keep going back to him. You just said that yourself earlier, and that's what I saw with that Bennett game, which is why I said what I said. Because just if he does that, that, repeat that again. If, if Forte what? If, oh, I'm if, sorry. No, if if Cutler has a target that he's having success going to, he's going to keep going to that target. And that's what I saw. That I don't know what the game plan was because I'm I'm not I'm not I'm not connected with the Bears and I don't follow the Bears close enough to know what the game plan was. But I know what he did, and my knock is still the same. If you've got 
if you've got Jeffrey and you've got Brandon Marshall, then is there on the field? You're not double covering both of those guys. You, you, you're no, just not. not. And if you are, then then Forte needs to be running all over the place. Okay? And if your plan is, even if you see that you have opportunities with Bennett, it's fool's gold. You might, you might, you know, bail you out on a third down and that kind of stuff. That's what I'm saying. And and when what, I what saw I this game and I saw you guys won, I went back to watch. I went and checked the stats and I said, oh. I said, well, let me go watch the game because the stats without seeing the game is pointless. And what I saw mm-hmm. was something in my mind completely different than what I saw a few weeks ago. And but if you if you did that for this game, and maybe you have, maybe you haven't, I would implore you to do it for the others. Just watch the flow of the game, and I think you can understand why they were throwing the Bennett so much then versus versus now. You have to watch the flow of the game. What what does bother me a little bit is that on one end you praise me for my knowledge about Chicago. I tell you I do my research, and I'm addressing you with research facts, yet you still stand on what you're saying. I am. I'm standing by it 100%. I, I, find, and, and I only, find that rather odd because if it was Dallas, I, I definitely would defer to you hands down because I know you're going to research your team just as much as I research mine. I, I, I can only say that this last game I watched, so my eyes are going to always be my judge over anything anybody tells me. So I watched mm-hmm. this last game on purpose to see how the game played out. And the game played out, I mean, if I could replay, if I had the audio clip of what I said two or three weeks ago and played it, and then you watched this game after listening to that clip, you can't deny it. It is exactly what I said. That's all I'm saying. Well, it, now, if no, that's a coincidence. I told you, that's not, no, that's not even a coincidence. It's not even a dispute. It's what's been. It's what they've been trying to do, but haven't been successful at doing it, and haven't completed a game doing it. But didn't, it's what didn't they've we been learn, trying to do, have, and that's, have, that's what I'm trying we, to tell you. Have we not learned anything watching football? And that's my point: is if that's your plan to success, then you stick with it. You don't go away from it. If that's your team and that's your game plan then you stick to it, right? We've seen that over and over this year. We saw it with Dallas and Seattle. But you don't play against your but you don't play against yourself. Okay? Uh eventually some team will match what you are trying to do. Just like Dallas is able to run the football well, the only way a team is gonna take Dallas off their game right now is to stop that run. Until the team figures out how to stop that run of Dallas, you cannot take Dallas off their game plan. But we were taking off our game plan in the first 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 three games. And that's all that's all I'm trying to tell you. First three games off the game plan and we got two wins out of that. We were two and one. Mm. And we didn't even get a chance to get Forte involved like we are now. Then once we got Forte involved, we lose the next two games. And I can tell you that we lost those next two games due to turnovers. And the offense not continuing to play in the second half. We put up zero points in the second half against Green Bay, three points in the second half against Carolina. And we were successful in the first half, running the ball, getting into Forte, and getting Alshon Jeffries and Marshall involved. But we kind of threw the game away against, against Carolina. We saw it. We exactly. Know. Threw it completely away. Same thing in Green Bay. Started the turnovers. Of course, couldn't stop Aaron Rodgers, like I said, but 
again, now we play Carolina, it's a different team. We're going with that same formula. We went the first two games, but this time we finished. So what you said is not a coincidence. It's been the plan from the get-go. But you, but you also okay, that's reasonable. But you also said that your receivers are healthier now, and I think I, I they just are. I, and maybe so. But if they're on the field, they're there to make plays. Period. And like I said, yeah, you I have know. two. You have two receivers. We already know Marshall's a top ten. That's not even disputed. Mm-hmm. Depending on who you talk to, Jeffrey's right there, and some think that he's ahead of Marshall as where Marshall was at his age. That his upside is even greater than Marshall. So, and yeah. I don't, you know, may or may not be true, but that's what I'm hearing, okay? So if these guys are playing, even if they're playing hurt, my, 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 you know, and I'm going to continue to say this, I hear what you're saying about what the plan was, but mm-hmm. you're saying that these guys were hurt, they couldn't get open, they weren't making separation. Well, you know, Marshall's hurt and getting double covered. That means Jeffrey's one-on-one. I'm going to him. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to him. That's so you. So you're forcing. So you're forcing the ball to Jeffries, no matter what the defense looks like. That's what you tell me. What I what I am saying to you is, I am going to give Jeffries more opportunities to make plays than I am Bennett, because the other thing that I know Bennett's going to do for me is he's going to provide some additional blocking help to seal the edge to get Forte around the edge, because we know when Forte gets out around that edge, he's he's nasty. He's one of the top backs oh. in the league. He gets around the edge, right? And one of the things Bennett is very good at as a tight end is blocking blocking around that edge. Very good at it. He's a beast at it. I I, I don't take that wrong. My only thing, I would just implore you to actually take a look at the other game before you completely make that comparison and follow them and watch and see the flow of the offense and understand why it's been. And mind you, like I said, Brandon Marshall, Jeffries, after the first game, after the first game of the season, they both played injured over the next couple of weeks until they and, – and like I said, I've read articles of this. I'm not, I'm not just making this up at all. You know what I'm saying? I know you're a facts guy, so I'm not even going to come at you unless I have facts. But I'm, this is out of their mouth in articles that they said, yeah, it was hard out there. We saw that San Francisco, though. The success came when Chicago, you know, started throwing the ball to even hurt Brandon Marshall. He had three touchdowns in the game, brought him back. He did, um, yeah. So, he did. You know, he, got a, he had a good matchup. He had a really good matchup in that game. Uh, um, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. I'm not. I'm honestly not gonna promise you. That I'm gonna go back and watch those games. Um, I might. Um, I will try to watch the games moving forward. Well, it's just hard to watch games knowing the outcome. Now it's kind of not the same. Um, you know, they're not well, really. Well, you're not real- looking for the outcome. You're looking for the flow. No, I, I, right? I, I know what I'm. I, I know what I'm looking for. I'm just saying I will make a point of watching the games moving forward. Um, okay. Because you know, but. Even even using the speed up rewind is still thirty thirty five minutes, and if you watch four games, that's two hours plus my own game. But you know, it's just a lot of football, and I don't have as much time as I wish I had. Because Sunday I'm watching three games, Monday night I'm watching a game, Thursday night I'm watching a game, so that's five games, and then I'm watching other games thirty thirty five minutes each, and um, it's just it's just and 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 it gets hard to try to separate. Because I did watch the Green Bay game. I did watch the Green Bay Chicago game. I just got to tell you right now, I don't remember it. <laughs> so I'd have to go back and watch it again. It gets hard. It gets hard to, to it gets hard to mentally separate these games. 
You know, I just watched the Chicago uh, Atlanta game, and I and I watched on purpose. I watched the um, the Cleveland Pittsburgh game. I had to shut it off. It was it was it was it was not. It was good. And then on top of it, freaking don't understand this help me understand why fox decides to go to the the Bengals and the panthers for bonus coverage when most of the country is waiting for cowboys seahawks are, oh, you, are you kidding me so i didn't by wow. the time the cowboy game went live it was 10 minutes into the second quarter i mean five minutes into 10 minutes to go in the second quarter are you oh, kidding me they miss a whole quarter a quarter plus five minutes of the second quarter. The only The only yeah, because of course the Cincy game went overtime and it went all the way to to the tie, as we all know. So it wasn't like you know wow. I'm sitting here, like, I'm sitting there like, okay, come on, hurry up, hurry up. I was so mad. I'm like, who made that decision? You've got a nationally televised game with your A. You know, Joe Buck and, and, and Troy Aikman, your A team, two teams with one losses, you know, game with all kinds of history, and some genius makes the decision, and the local networks couldn't do anything about it. It was Fox Brass that said, all right, let's switch to Cincinnati and Carolina. Are you kidding me? You switched wow. to Cincinnati and Carolina. So the, only, so the Dallas market and the Seattle market, Got the game right at 4:25. Everybody else got it late, and Twitter was blowing up like crazy. Wow! So I went to the rescue. Was that? Yeah, I was able to rewatch. Went to the rescue. Well, I'm old, man. I mean, I was home. You know. Right. I I understand. I I, yeah, I had food, and you know what I mean. I had plenty of home (laughs) watching the game. How about them Cowboys? All right. Um JB, you've been quiet. Let's talk about that tie. Um should ties be removed from the NFL? I don't know, I'm going to say I'm quiet. I'm just listening. I like the whole back and forth cuz I think everybody was kind of off base with Chicago, but I'm not going to beat that dead horse. Let's go to the ties. Do I think yeah, it should saying, be removed? Wait a minute. Are you saying are you saying everybody or I was off base? You saying Dr. Train was off base too? I'm, this is what I'm saying. I'll throw my little nickel in there and let y'all make change out of it. Nobody yeah. really seems to know what you're going to get out of Chicago week in and week out to begin with. So it's hard to say they're going to be this or they're going to be that when as soon as the first kickoff starts to open up the game, you just don't know what you're going to get. We've seen them be dominant, give games away. We've seen them squeak by. We've seen them overperform. We've seen them underperform. All in, in basically one game we've seen all that. So my whole thing is I don't even know what I'm going to get out of them until the game is over. Trey, Trey you going to let him get away with that? I'm just saying. <laughs> I think that's out of the context of the argument, honestly. The question is not so much how would Chicago play. The question is what 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 Chicago game plan when they, when they go into games. Now, what you say is true, but it's not when you're within context of the conversation. Yeah, nah, we have a hot and cold team. I, I, I beg to differ because everything is really predicated on the leader of the team, and that's Cutler. And if Cutler is. is inconsistent, it tends to trickle down through the rest of the team's play. And if you want to talk about Cutler specifically, he relies on his arm strength too much, and he has poor mechanics. 
There are times he makes great throws. There are times he makes absolutely ridiculous throws where there's no way in the world he should be throwing that ball. He is inconsistent, and the play ends up trickling down to the rest of the team. So it's not too far out of the context. Well, it's just, I, I, I say it's out of the context when you're saying that, well, you know, when, you, when, you, when you're saying, well, you can't say uh, what Chicago would do because we're not necessarily saying what Chicago would do. We're saying what Chicago's game plan is going into the game. And this I've read. I, I read up on what their game plan is. Listen, it, it, it's, game it's, and whether they execute. So listen, there's there's Trashman's game plan. There's a game plan that they install, and then there's the color game plan. And you know what <laughs> yeah, there is the color game plan. The cu- I right, call so it the color just, effect. Yeah, it's the color <laughs> it effect. So, I mean, it is what it is. Yeah, yeah. It is. Now the one thing I want to disagree with John, and I let it be. I let it be that JV. The one thing I would agree with John. Every day. All offense depends on what the L.J. Cutler does once that ball is snapped. Because we have no clue. We just hold our breath and hope that we get good, Jay. Because when bad Jay comes out, the whole team is going downhill. Hey, I want to – plus, I need a quick quick minute. But I want to play this considering I played this um, at the beginning of the football season. And it's going to take a minute or two to play, but I want y'all, everyone to hear this, considering where things are now. I, I want y'all to hear this. Stephen A. Smith, may I speak? Yeah, I Thank go you. ahead. This is straight from my heart. I'm no big Jason Garrett fan, as you well know, but he is ranked 10 rungs too low on this list. This list is outrageously <laughs> insulting to Jason Garrett for many of the reasons my friend Ron Jaworski just made. You cannot rank unproven first-time head coaches above him. What an insult that is. That, that just that disqualifies the list to me. I, I can't. Well, what credibility does that have? And then you've ranked above him a Doug Marone who in his first year went 6-10 and 10 in Buffalo. Are you sure about that? And Joe Philbin, how many times have we been critical of Joe Philbin on this show? What, what has he done? He's 15-17 and 17 as a head coach. Jason Garrett. In that first half season he coached, went 5-3, and three, and then the three straight 8-8. Eight eight. So, effectively, Jason Garrett has never had a losing season as the head coach of the Dallas Cowboys. And you've got to give him a little bit of credit for that because, as Josh just said, he's a middle-of-the-pack head coach. Well, that would mean maybe 16, 18, 20, somewhere That's in there. That's where I would go. Yeah, because, listen. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Let me finish. Let me finish. You are winning in many cases in spite of your owner. You have to win in spite. You have had a horrendous slew of injuries on the defensive side of the ball. We all know that. You've had one defensive coordinator after another. And yet last year, you came within one Kyle Orton play. Remember, Kyle Orton had to play for Romo in the last game against Philly. You came within one Kyle Orton play of sweeping the NFC East last year. And you're the 30th-ranked coach on the list? Are you kidding me? I mean, that's, that's just straight hate of the Dallas Cowboys. And much of that comes from the guy hate? I'm looking at. Think, yes. Okay. Listen, you call, you call it whatever you want. You call it hate. You call it, you, I call it reality. Let me tell you something, man. Let me tell you all both something, okay? First of all, Bring it on, Steve. I don't think it's fair. I don't think it's fair for rookie coaches who have not done anything yet to be labeled lower than somebody who's proven he hasn't gotten the job done. 
That's my issue. So it's just a difference in philosophy in terms of guys that haven't done the job yet, why should they be rated lower than a guy who's had four years to have an opportunity to do the job or three and a half and still hasn't gotten it done? That's point number one. Point number two, I don't want to hear this stuff about working in spite of Jerry Jones. You politicked. You positioned yourself to get this job while in the mix, you know, rising up, being the offensive coordinator, getting paid the same as the head coach, practically undermining them for crying out loud, and you got the head coaching job, and and so it's on you to do it. Point number three, Tony Romo's your quarterback. Marco Murray's your running back. Dez Bryant, Jason Witten, Miles Austin, all of these guys you had at your disposal. You had DeMarcus Ware and hatching these boys in the defensive side of the ball. You still ain't get it done. And my only response to Stephen A. Smith. How about them cowboys? <laughs> you know, you know. And then we'll get back to the tie conversation. But, you know, this is why everyone should listen to the Madden voice. You can go listen to First Take. You can watch First Take. But you should listen to us because we, we, we know what we're talking about compared to them. We have a much higher accuracy at things than they do. I mean, did you, did you, did you hear that? He named DeMarcus Ware Jason Hatcher on that defense. Um, I recently was told, like yesterday, <laughs> that DeMarcus Ware has graded lower than his entire career at his position. They grade you after every game, and then they do a cumulative grade on your performance, how well you played. It's not just tackles. It's a lot of things. And he has the lowest grade of his entire career. And Jason Hatchard's over in Washington, need I say more, where all the free agent big money players go and and nothing ever gets accomplished over there in Washington. So, you know, know, Jason Carrot preseason ranked 30th. Really? Seriously? Okay. Anyway, I just had to do that because I can, and I needed a minute. JB, back to the whole tie question. Uh, we'll talk about Pac-Man comment in a second, but you you had mentioned should ties be removed from the game? What are your thoughts on, and for those of you who don't know, um, we uh, Carolina and Cincinnati ended in a 37-37 tie. They literally played five complete quarters and ended in a tie. Um, your thoughts? Well, I think the, the NFL needed to figure out a way to get rid of the ties. Granted, it doesn't happen very often. It's extremely infrequent. But when it does, there, it has the potential to have ramifications down the road. You look at your other uh, three major sports, basketball, no ties. Baseball, no ties. And, and hockey, they give you a tie, but you get a point. There needs to be something done after the, the end of regulation and going into overtime. If you're still tied in overtime, figure out something else. Somebody has to come out to be a victim because you only have 16 games. And if one of those are a tie, like I said, there's going to be ramifications down the road potentially for either team when you get into the playoff hunt. more, I'd, I'd 100% completely agree with you. I have nothing to add. Uh, K-Star, your thoughts on ties? Uh, no one likes them. They're terrible. They're awful. It's an incomplete game. No one feels good about it. And, uh, you know, they just 
that I think you get rid of it would be terrific. Uh, you know, then again, we have to find out a way to do that. But yeah, I would like to see them go into uh, sudden death. You know, basically first to score wins uh, after that first quarter. Just play it out, let it finish, let the game come to a resolve. Uh, rather than people just walk away with, you know, just just feeling awkward. That ties are awkward, and that's it. Trey, well, I don't 100% agree with the whole no ties. I just think that the rule change that they made with overtime increased the possibility of ties. Because normally in that game, who scored their first field goal? Was it Cincinnati? I believe. Correct me if I'm wrong. Yes. Yes, it was Cincinnati. Yeah. Cincinnati? Yeah. Yep. The game would have been over. It wouldn't have been another opportunity. And that wouldn't have been but, a tie because it but, rarely but, happened. But, but train under the old rule, you're right, except – is it fair that the game gets decided by a coin toss after four quarters? So that's the, that was the whole knock. In four quarters. No, I'm not. I, I get what the knock was about the old group. I, I get that. What I'm saying is the question is about, you know, it's, it's pertaining to ties. And particularly, one first thing J.B. said is that it, it, it rarely happens. Well, that percentage increased when you decide to let both teams have a shot at the ball. So I don't necessarily agree. That I think they should find a way to get rid of ties. As a matter of fact, just have a kickoff. I well, think that's like the easiest way to do it. Well, Trent, let's, let's, let's back up. Field goal kickoff. Let, yeah. Let's back up a second, though. You're saying that it's not fair that both teams get a shot at it, and, and technically that's not true because if the first team comes down and they score a touchdown, game over. It's over, right. So yeah, I'm, I'm in favor of how they have the, the new rules for overtime. I think it actually helps determine a, a winner, quite frankly, and it gives folks a chance. But unfortunately, that percentage increase of, of, of having a winner isn't obviously enough, and something else needs to be done because you still end up having a tie. Well, the solution, I I... Is, simple. The solution is simple. You just don't end the game. You can keep it just the way it is now, but you don't end the game until someone wins. And define winning, okay, so we know the first guy that gets the ball, if they score a touchdown, game's over. Fine. They kick a field goal. The other team has a right to respond. If they score a touchdown, game's over. Fine. They kick a field goal. Now, at that point, the next score wins. Okay. You keep playing until somebody scores. Period. That's how they do it. See, I think that I think that right there can be dangerous because you know these guys are playing. They've already played for sixty minutes. This is not college where you got a deep roster going into the game. You have forty six active dudes, and you have injuries that are going in the game. And I think at some point, playing too long can get real dangerous. I will bet you my paycheck that most of the players would support it because they'd rather do that and have an outcome than to play for five quarters and walk away with no outcome. Because I saw post-game interviews where they said, where they said, I, I didn't even know what to think because I, some of them said, I didn't know it could end in a tie. Mm-hmm. Well, same so way I know on the roof. Well, okay, but if you only play in three ties in your in your whole career, I mean, the average NFL career is about four years, and you may never play in a tie. So, I mean, I'm not going to knock them for that. But what I'm going to say is, you know, you just played five quarters, you played four hours of football, and you walk away with a tie? 
to me, that's far worse than playing until it's over and somebody wins. Okay, I'm tired, I'm exhausted, but you know what? We gonna get we we there's gonna be an outcome. <laughs> you know. So I sprained my ankle, I'm out for the game, and it's a tie. I, I will bet you any amount of money that the tie thing for the players sucks. No one wants a tie. I mean, sure you want a tie if you're Cam Newton sitting on the side and you know the rules, and if the guy makes the field goal, they win. If he misses, it's a tie. So at that point, yes, you want a tie because you don't want to take the loss. But other than that, they want to win. These guys playing to win. And Jay said it best, 16 games. You don't have enough games. So so now here we go again with a half a game up, a half a game down, and you know these are two contenders. So you know mm-hmm. it's going to come back by the end of the season. I mean, I you know, so so you get into the playoffs by half a game or you're out by half a game because you, you had a tie and the other guys didn't. I, I just think it's just not fair to these guys that you're right, Train. They're playing hard. They're playing long. They deserve an outcome. They deserve a result. Then they need to, then they need to drive hard to get to that outcome and that result. You have you don't four think quarters got... before you went into overtime. Hey, Ooh. I'm not. I'm not saying. Hey, hold on, hold on now. Don't chew me up and spit me out before you before you get an understanding. I'm not saying that they're not playing. I know they're playing. But at the end of the day, you still have four quarters to get it done before there's overtime. And then at overtime, you have 15 minutes to get it done or first to score a touchdown, however it's done, however it's, however it's happening. Get it done. And we all know these same guys who play so hard make some of the stupidest mistakes in within gameplay that keeps their team from winning games. But train, train, you know, I I I I I totally completely respect your football acumen, but you're sounding like K Star right now. No, I, I mean, I'm not sounding like K Star. I, I don't think these, I'm sounding like K Star at these, all. These guys, all. you honestly going to sit here and say, "Well, you have four quarters to figure." You don't think these guys are putting their blood, sweat, and tears on the line to win the game? This was a 37-37 game, bro. I know it's a 37, 37 37 game. It's a 37 37 game because somebody probably forgot to play defense. Somebody probably missed an assignment that they should have missed. Okay, what does that have to do with anything? They should have got. Hold on, couple things, couple things. All I'm saying is, is that you have five quarters to come to a decision, and you can control that by how by how you play, by being disciplined on your play, by executing your play. So. Train, train, train. There's 11 guys doing a job. You can't blame one guy who made a mistake on a play and say, well, you shouldn't have made that mistake. It's a team game, and these guys are playing hard, but you make mistakes out there. Everybody does. These aren't, you know, they're they're professional athletes and they're playing at a at a high level. But people miss blocks. People, you know, every it's just it's part of the game. You can't then turn around and say, well, you deserve to have a tight end. I mean, you should have played harder. You should have played. I, I'm not. Dude, I'm they, not. They I didn't want, say they, they deserve. I didn't say they, they want, deserve none anything. Of them, none of them want ties, and I don't think. Looking back on the game, it's, I mean, it's kind of like what Marvin Lewis said about Pac-Man's comments, where there was about 15 other things that could have happened to prevent it to, to before we got to that point. Okay, Coach, well, then during the game, what were you doing about those 15 things? You know, I mean, it's you're playing. You're doing everyone. 
I mean, unless your team, unless your team, you know, unless you're Jacksonville or something, I don't know. I think the Steelers, I think the Bears, I think the Cowboys are playing hard. Everyone's out there doing the best they can. But you know what? You've got injuries. K-Stars got injuries. You got um, practice squad players getting signed coming in. You've got second uh, um, backups coming in. They're gonna they're gonna make mistakes. You know they're gonna make mistakes. You get into the fifth quarter, people are tired. These guys have been playing. The centers are playing. tired. It's gonna happen. I don't think that that means they should tried harder or did something different. I think what it means is we know this. So how do we adjust the game? To prevent the tie, these guys deserve an outcome. K Star jumped in. You want to say something? I'm sorry. Yeah, sorry about that. Uh, a couple of things. First of all, you all talking like I'm not here. I am listening. <laughs> you just throw my name in there so disrespectfully and just just act like I just want to let it slide. Was just just I listen. I know the Cowboys won. You're on your high horse. But my God, K Star, I I listen. I apologize for that, okay? How about this, Cowboy? That's exactly what this is. You are you are too high on your high horse. The Cowboys have done too much to you. This is ridiculous. But anyway, uh, come on, dude. The tie, the tie was disgusting. The players were salty. They didn't like it. They're all upset. Let them just play into a second overtime. Let it be done. Yeah, someone could get hurt, but guess what? They would much rather at least get hurt battling on the field and having an outcome than having no outcome at all. I mean, it's really that simple. Yeah, and I know basketball isn't as physical of a game as football, and they play more games. I get it, but that's what they do in basketball. They they play until there's an outcome. And I, I understand physicality is not the same, but that said, these guys are playing 82 games. Basketball is a physical game for that sport, And um, but you know what? There's no ties. They're going to play, and, you know, somebody's going to win. And I really, truly believe in my heart of hearts that the NFL needs to, the competition committee needs to look at that, and they need to make a, a change. Somehow, even, you know, frankly, at this point, go back to the old system then. I would take the old system over this then, over the potential of a tie. First two scores win, but you play until someone scores. You need to hit hit that clip with um, with Herm Edwards right about now, because I think it would be a perfect time for it. (laughs) Hello? You play to win the game. You don't play to just play it. What a tie that's the great thing about sports. You play to win. And I don't care if you don't have any wins. You go play to win. When you start telling me it doesn't matter, then retire. Get out. And I was, you know, I was, it, was, it was easy to find the Herm Edwards because on my list of audio clips, it's right above this one right here. How about this guy? It was really I wish easy I would have been on when you first started that so I can count how many times it gets played. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, Train, let me ask you, um, since your feelings on this are a little different than ours, you know, Pac-Man had some comments. Um, mm-hmm. Pac-Man uh, has been around the NFL for a while, 31 years old, spent some time in Dallas, has kind of a um, – you know, had some things in his past, you know. Um, he's Adam Jones. He actually doesn't like to be called Pac-Man, but he's always going to be Pac-Man to me. Um, and he was interviewed after the game. I couldn't find the audio clip. I really wanted to, but um, I couldn't find it anywhere, which really irritated me. So I'm just going to read. But um, 
they, the, the reporter asked what went wrong, and he said, um, we, you know, we should have won the game. And she said, oh, what went wrong? He said, you tell me. We were in perfect position to win the game. Two seconds left on the clock. We've got to win the game. Everybody gets paid to do a job, so perform and do your job. And she then followed up and said, you know, are you saying um, get rid of the kicker? He said, I didn't say that. I just said everybody's got to do their job, right? So that's what he said Sunday after the game. He was in, followed up with yesterday. And um, they, you know, you figure maybe, you know, heat of the moment, boom, boom, boom. Um, he he said, uh, no, I stand by everything I said. Uh, I'm quoting what I said was there's no reason we should have lost the game. I expect Nuge to make those kicks. Nuge and me have a great relationship. They in the media won't be able to do anything to our relationship. But at the end of the day, we all as a team expect to make those kicks. Same way he expects me to make plays when it's third and two and third and four. We all expect each other to make plays. When you don't, you're in the wrong business. So with that said, uh, your thoughts on... And I won't even get into the stuff, although I, I may ask you about his comments. I don't know if you heard about his comments um, about Devin Hester, but we'll hold that for a moment. Um, but your thoughts, Train, on Pac-Man Jones' comments? Well, actually, see, you, you're kind of sending me right into my, my 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 philosophy, man. Oh, I didn't know that. Uh, if that's the case, then... Yeah, um, I know I know it was a, I know it was a, a title that was going to throw, throw you off, so... <laughs> Hey, if 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 this is sending you into it, by all means, take the floor. Well, the title of the of the uh, you know doctrine philosophy was a uh, worse what is it? Worst odd man out situation. Yeah, worst odd man out situation. The worst odd man out situation in football is for the field goal is for the field goal kicker to miss it when he kicks. You sit on the sidelines. I don't know how long. Probably more than half of the game. You probably get. I don't even know if you can get 20 full snaps. And the one thing you got to do is knock down a field goal that's less than 40 yards. It is probably the worst, I would consider, the worst man-out situation that you could be in to miss that kick, especially when you might lose it and and you're pretty automatic because he's a pretty good field goal kicker. And the last thing I would expect, being Pac-Man Jones, was for my guy, who I play with, who I practice with, who I know him all to miss that kick. So, yeah, that's a sucky position to be in, to to just miss that field goal kick when it, it really could have been a win for the Bengals. Uh, but as far as out of Pac-Man don't come in, uh, I don't I know you don't like for us to be on the fence with the show, but on one hand, I'm just like, eh, I get it. And when you explain it that, you know, you expect this guy to do this because this is his job, this is what he does, I get it. And just off the conversation we just had, the players want to win at the end of five quarters. They want to they want a victory. And to be in that position to be to get the victory and you don't get it because your field goal kicker, who you expect to make those kicks, missed. Yeah, I can understand the frustration. Uh, so let me let me add, let me let me let me just jump in and say this. So, mm-hmm. train K Star JB. Do any of you have a problem with Pac Man's comments? Yes. 
Pac-Man's an asshole, let's be honest here. Because if he expects, and as he should, you know, for uh, for for the kicker, Nugent, to make the kick, and he says, you know, just like Nugent would want us to, you know, make plays on third to five. Well, I hear Nugent calling you guys out. You get up 37 points. I hear Nugent post game like, man, these 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 bombs over here put 37 on the board. I thought if they didn't do that, I wouldn't have to be in overtime trying to make a kick. You didn't hear that at all. You were throwing your teammate under the bus. It doesn't matter. You are putting yourself on a different type of plateau because he's a kicker and you are a defensive player. While you may feel that way, I mean, you got to take it to the media. Come on now. That's ridiculous. And you had a day to think about it. Even worse. Jay, do you agree with K-Star or you see it differently? JB? My bad. Um, what I was saying is I, I don't have I, – I agree with most of what K-Star is saying. I'm in, in, in that boat for the most part. The the problem that that I really have with what uh, Pac-Man was saying is that first calling them out and secondly having it in the media. I think that's a conversation that's, that's kept in-house. But then on the other hand, I agree with K-Star. I think there's plays out there that he missed that he could have taken care of. So he's got to look himself in the mirror also and realize, you know what, I'm not perfect. I'm going to make mistakes too, and I have made mistakes. So I, it, it's a two-way street. You can't put it all on, on Nugent. It's not all his fault. Did he make the kick? No. Did he need to make it? Of course. He goes out there to make kicks. That is his job. But it's also Patman's job to make tackles. It's his job to intercept the ball. He's got to do that too. So there's a give and take on both sides. I think he should have just really overall kept that in-house and not even mention that to the media. That was the biggest problem that I had with it. So, so here, here's what I'm going to say. For, my first thing is I don't know their relationship. And I think that's the key to this is I don't know their relationship, number one. Number two, um, when I heard it, I had no problem. When I heard it again, I had no problem. And when I heard it again, I had no problem. And let me tell you why. Um, Kickers, as Train kind of said earlier, are in a different situation than everybody else on the team because a field goal kicker more than likely is also kicking off. So what are they going to get? Two to five kickoffs a game, maybe. Um, and since they moved the ball close to the end zone, it's not as, as hard to kick the ball deep as it was before when I was at the 30, now it's at the 35. There's much less returns. So their only other job is to kick field goals. Mm-hmm. Yes, he's going to make mistakes. But you're not playing 60, 70 snaps a game where you can come back and make it up. This is the end of five quarters. This is your chance to win the game. Your only job is to make this kick. I ain't got no problem with Pac-Man calling him out. I had no problem with it at all. This isn't like he missed a kick in the second quarter and, oh, well. No, this, this this is it. This is what you get paid the money for. There's an old clip of Bill Parcells talking about, this is why you lift all them weights. You know, they show it on NFL Network all the time. Well, this is it right here. If you can't make this kick, which was not – this wasn't like a 60-yarder. It was like 37 yards or something. 36. So a very makeable kick. If you can't make this kick, we don't need you. Then we don't need you. This is the kick you have to make. This is why you get paid. Not the 60-yarder that we're going to try. You know, we're down by two. There's no time left. It's a 60-yard kick. Hey, we already know the chances are slim on that one. A 37-yard kick, and it's a tie, and we've been playing for five quarters. Yeah, No, you need to make that kick. And, and I've been with 
kickers on my team that just failed miserably and wish somebody would call him out. I, I be honest. I hate the post game interviews. With, well, you know, he did the best he could, and you know, he's just gonna go back there and he's gonna just try to get it right. No, he ain't. <laughs> he can't get it right because the game's lost. It's over. He may make the next one. That's not fixing this one. Pac-Man, as a defensive back, has a chance on the next play to make up for it. Pac-Man, as a kick returner or a punt returner, has a chance on the next return to make up for a mistake. This is it. This is all you get paid to do. You got to make it. And if not, hey, you know what? I'm frustrated. And, yeah, I'm letting the media know I'm pissed off right now. Our kicker should have made it. I love you. You're my teammate. America, run down but you should have made that kick. Period. I'm sorry. I I have personally I have zero problem. And frankly, knowing Pac-Man's history, having had him on the Cowboys, um, I'm surprised he didn't get more elaborate. <laughs> I'm I'm surprised that he, you know uh, I was like wow. I mean he was you know he wasn't upset. I mean he was upset, but he wasn't loud. He wasn't. He was just like. Hey, he should have made the kick. <laughs> I mean, you get you get paid to do a job. You need to do your job. Should we cut him? No, I ain't saying all that. But he should have made the kick. Well, that's the truth. He's just saying what everybody is thinking. Ain't nobody on that team. It's not one person on the Bengals organization that isn't saying he should have made that kick. Not one. Everybody. Do you hear Nugent, do you hear Nugent saying, hey, man, you guys didn't make those tackles. You didn't make those interceptions. Yeah, That's but you also me. but did you but but did you also hear Mike Nugent saying I should have made that kick? He said that. Well, of course he's going to say that. Because he should. That's his only job. No, it's not of course. That's his job. Hold on, hold on. Here's the difference, though. So you don't hear Adam Pack and Jones saying, "Oh, we should have made more plays defensively. I should have uh, got that third and fourth, that, that third down stop. Frank, I should have done this." No, no, no. Frankly, you hear, frankly, Frank, wait, wait, wait. Frankly, when Pacman was with the Cowboys, he most certainly did take ownership to when he made. I don't care what he said then. I follow what he said yesterday. And well, I don't Sunday, follow him now. So don't don't assume that he doesn't say it. All I'm saying is, when he was starting cornerback for the Dallas Cowboys and he made mistakes, he most certainly did in the press say, "I, I screwed up." I got to pick up my game. He most certainly did take ownership for his mistakes. I don't know what he's doing at Cincinnati. I know his defensive coordinator was Mike Zimmer, and that was his defensive coordinator in Dallas too. So I think he's probably doing the same thing. I don't know that. The point, K-Star, is this. You're saying Pac-Man doesn't take ownership. I'm saying I don't know that he does, does or doesn't. What I'm saying is Pac-Man has multiple jobs on that team. Mike Nugent has one. His job was to win that game and make a very makeable, relatively easy for what they do, field goal, and he missed it. Here, here's here's my problem. Though. You know what we're talking about? Instead of the fact that the Bengals gave up 37 points, it's a missed kick. I'm just saying the the it, the, the blame got deflected. It's ridiculous. The, the Cincinnati defense got torched. They got torched for a second straight week, and that needs to be the focus. It wasn't because he just missed a field goal. Yeah, but if he had made the field goal, we're not having this conversation. Right, just yeah. saying, conversely, like, just I if they made those tackles. So so we're not having this conversation. We're having a conversation because because it was a tie, and they could have won if the defense played better. But you know what? They would have won. We're saying they could have won if the defense played better. They would have won if Mike Nugent had made that kick. That's the difference between what one person, the kicker, does and the whole defense does. The defense has input on how the game ends. The kicker at that point has the final say. The kicker says, if That's I not make true. This, 
That's not true though either. There's a hold, there's a hold on. There's a holder. There's up at the line still blocking. There's that snapper. I mean, there's a lot of different things. Oh my goodness! You do realize that everything everything went well, right? Yeah. The snap. Absolutely. Everything went well except for. Hold on. What 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 are we arguing? Let's think about this for a second. What are we really talking about? Everyone knows he missed the kick, but not everyone who's watching the game knows that the reason why the Bengals didn't win or 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 failed to. Close the Panthers out was also because defensively they play like shit. Let's be real. Thirty-seven oh, points, thirty-seven well, points given up. Well, the Panthers' vaunted defense played any better? No, the Panthers' defense is terrible this year. Okay, so what's your point? The point is both defenses played like like crap. Both offenses. The point is it didn't need to be said. T. It goes unsaid. People know it. But when you're in overtime and the whole offense is moving the ball down to get in position to win the game, to get into field position, to make a makeable field goal before the end of overtime, then your field goal kicker's job is to make that kick. At that point, that's all that matters. Now, right. the next I'm just day, saying we all know that. It didn't need to be aired out in the media the way it was. That's all. I'm just saying we all know what happened. I think wow. I'm glad he aired it out. I think it's okay to hold them accountable and let them know. Too many times. Right, publicly? Publicly, though? Absolutely. But see, my thing is, the one reason that I don't have an issue with him saying publicly is what he said the second time around. Him and Mike Nugent are cool, and evidently, if Mike Nugent doesn't have an issue with it, then nobody should have an issue with it, <laughs> as far as I'm concerned. Man, he ain't got to have a choice. He don't have a choice for that. He's just happy as a job. Well, I mean, yeah. put it like this. Everybody knows... He should have made the kick, including Nugent himself. I mean, it, it, it goes without saying. I think the, the the main problem I personally have is when he said it towards the end, and, and T, you can paraphrase or, or speak on it because you've got the quote, as him saying he can't make that kick, then he don't need to kick, or something along those lines. That's, that's going a bit far. I mean, the dude knows he was supposed to make it and didn't make it, period. At this point, well, Adam Jones is doing kicking of his own, kicking a man while he's down. Let's be real. Okay, but the whole team is down. This, this ain't this ain't the whole team is down. They were out there. Yeah, but only one individual, one player said what he said. And his yeah. man again is is kicking okay. the man when he's down. We all know what happened. But the whole team and is down. Piling R. The whole team is down. It's a loss. Everyone gets that loss. But now it's Every- all on one player. It's all the focus. Yeah, that's right. That we're talking right. about is Mike Nugent, not that defense. That's the problem I have. And I'll bet you. And I'll bet you this next week. I don't know who the Bengals play, but I bet they you they play Andrew Luck. So be careful what you say. I will bet you this. I bet you if he gets down to a field goal to win the game, I bet he makes it. He probably does. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I bet. But I can't, I, you, I can't bet you that Bengals defense plays well. I can't bet you that Bengals defense has played well. Well, you're playing a juggernaut offense like the Colts. I mean, we'll see what happens. I don't, I don't know. But they're going to play 70 snaps. He's going to play six. I mean, come on. Is that a fair comparison? You know? But I bet you he goes out there, and I bet you he's thinking, and he's like, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take this kick seriously. Not that he didn't take the other one seriously, but I bet you he goes out there focused and determined, and he's going to make that kick. And if that's what happens, assuming it even comes to that, then you know what? Maybe Pac-Man knew more than the rest of us. Because it ain't like Marvin Lewis is a motivational coach. It ain't like, it ain't like Marvin Lewis has a history of being a motivational coach. Pac-Man's a prick. Come on. Let's be done with this. He's a prick. Yeah, you just don't like the Bengals. No, it's not the Bengals. I'm sticking up for their damn kicker. It's just it's something that didn't need to be said. I don't understand how you guys are even arguing this. This is ridiculous. 
It's not ridiculous. Let's I like it. I, 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 I like it. I like it. Let's move on to the rankings. Let's move on to the par rankings. Uh, we got a lot less to cover, so I'm going to pick up the pace. Partially my fault. So, um, par rank is very interesting this this week. Um, you know, with the with the Cowboys and the upset, um, it certainly shook up the top five. Um, ESPN has the Broncos number one, Chargers number two, Cowboys number three, Seahawks number four. Um, I'm sorry, Eagles number four, Seahawks number five. Uh, NFL.com which I'll remind you, last week had the Cowboys at 12. Um, this week had the Cowboys at 4. Broncos 1, Chargers 2, Eagles 3, Cowboys 4, Seahawks 5. Um, so, you know, the same team, same order, just the Cowboys and Eagles flip. Uh, Bleacher, Bleacher Report actually had the Cowboys number 1, Chargers 2, Seahawks 3, Broncos 4, Colts number 5. Um, so the only difference there is they did not have the Eagles. They had the Colts in there. Um as the Colts are starting to look pretty good. Um, And, you know, when you look at our rankings, um, there's some consistencies in the top four teams. What is really interesting is we all had a different team at number five. (laughs) Um, You know, so so starting at number five, we all picked the Seahawks, Bengals, Colts, and the Cardinals. Those were our four teams. So what I do when we have a tie is – Whatever team had the highest ranking the previous week wins the tie because they're not going to lose their position due to a tie. So that would be the Seahawks. So the Seahawks would be our number five team. But do realize that point-wise, the Bengals, Colts, and Cardinals are all in that conversation. But officially, the TMV NFL power rankings have the Seahawks at number five. Number four are the Philadelphia Eagles. Number three are the Denver Broncos. Number two, the San Diego Chargers, which means the number one team on the TMV NFL power rankings are How about them the Dallas Cowboys. This 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 may never happen again. Or it might happen for a while. We don't know. I know right now. TMV has the Cowboys, and three out of the four hosts, including K-Star, had Cowboys number one. The only host that did not was Train, who had the Chargers at number one, the Broncos at number two, and the Cowboys at number three. But Commissioner T, JB, and K-Star all had the Cowboys at number one. And there you have it, power rankings. It's still early though. Can't really get into a huge debate because I, I can't I can't blame Train as much as I want to get on him. I can't have the Chargers number one. I guess the only thing I would say to Train is um, it's not a bad pick for your number one team. Um, but you know I would just say that you know the Chargers beat the Seahawks, but they beat them in San Diego. The Broncos um, lost to the Seahawks. In overtime, but they still lost. And the Cowboys beat the Seahawks in Seattle, and I think we've already said how dominant they were. And yet you have the Cowboys behind the Chargers and the Broncos. It's not bad because, you know, it's not a bad – it's not bad. It's not egregious. But I would challenge – I don't think anything's wrong with it at all. I I, I would – well, now, see, now, don't push it now. I'm saying it ain't egregious. You say I don't think anything's wrong with it at all. 
And no, because I, I go from what I do previous from the previous week. And I go previous week to week. You know, uh, Dallas did. I'm not. I'm not surprised with the victory at all. But you know, I don't take anyone from the top spot when they continue to win. I get what you're saying, but I just don't. That's what got you. That's what got you in trouble last year. Team. That's what got you in trouble last year with the no, Chiefs. No, nothing didn't get me in trouble last year. I just want to point that out. You wanted to be a future teller last year. That's what you wanted. To yeah, be. I, yeah, I, I told the future player because I analyzed the game. All you wanted to do was tell the future. You didn't want to take it week to week. Yeah. You wanted to get well, to the end of the season. That's what well, you wanted to do. You wanted to do power too. rankings versus 15 games when we only played 9 or 10. That's what you wanted to do. Right, so don't right, get right, that okay. twisted. Don't no, get no, that twisted. Nothing twist. I'm, just saying, I'm just saying it, guys. Just I relax. Power Look, rankings we saw how well the week was played. Two week. Hold on. We are in Hold week on. 6. I do yeah. power rankings for week 6, not week 12 like K-Star. All right. Well, I'm just saying, the game, the Chargers did not impress me at all against the Raiders. They were in a dogfight. The Cowboys completely, completely dominated the Seahawks. Just absolutely wiped them off the table. I'll say my feel on the Cowboys later, but. Well, I I would just say this, Trey. I I don't think your rankings are bad. That's why I'm not going to really jump on you. But I would say, particular situation, this particular week, Nobody, you're talking about a Seahawks team that had won like 18 out of 19 at home. No one expected not only Dallas to win this game, but the way they did it. And that, to me, is why it really isn't loyalty that put them there. It really was, it was such a dominant win. And then when you look at the fact that, okay, maybe the Saints aren't who we thought they were. Maybe, okay? Um, but at the time, this is a team that came in uh, that, that annihilated Dallas a year ago. Annihilated them. And then Dallas dominates them this year. And so for me, when I saw your rankings, I, I, I thought, while I, I know and you're going to talk about the Cowboy victory in a little bit, but I, I, I thought you weren't giving them enough in your rankings. I thought you weren't giving enough credit, considering the two teams you had ahead of them, um, one lost to the Seahawks and one beat the Seahawks but beat them at home, didn't beat them in Seattle. That is such a huge win. That's all I'm saying. It, it does deserve extra consideration. I got it, but to me, to me, that is that is the one big win on Dallas Tech. I don't I don't take the Saints from last year. I take the Saints from this year, and the Saints this year are not a good team. And you guys went in there and took care of them the way you know how to take care of teams with the yeah. They treated they treated them like that. So I mean, with that with that said, you know, Dallas is still on my list of top ten in the NFC. Yeah, but wait, 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 just for the record, defeated Seattle. Just, but just for the record, and I, 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 I mean, <laughs> you can't dismiss what the Saints did to Dallas last year and say, well, that doesn't matter because it's a new what the Saints well, did Can last I finish? Year. Can I finish? Yeah, you can finish. Thank you. Because you're not on the field, and that psychological impact is huge. They were annihilated by them last year. They gave up more yards to the Saints than in the history uh, uh, in, in any game they had ever given up and more first downs the NFL had ever seen. That there is, and, and many of those players are still here, that there's a, there's a mental impact to that whooping that they got last year. It wasn't just they lost the game. It was just, you know, 30, you, 31. Did you, all of a do a, did you do a psyche evaluation on all the players on your team? No, but I followed them very closely. This? Uh, I mean, you follow them very closely, but that, but to me, that that looks like you did a psych evaluation. Unless you well, got that's your, well, that's your opinion. from a psych evaluation. That's, that's your opinion. You're using the term psych evaluation. Yeah. I didn't say that. What I said was it well, was that's what it I can like. uh, because I follow the game and I know what happened in the game 
and I saw every post-game interview and every Cowboy employee that talked about the game, and it was a devastating loss, devastating to that team, devastating, okay? And when this game came up this year, nobody picked Dallas to beat the Saints, the, the pundits, because of how bad the Saints whooped them last year. Now, week six, we're saying, well, maybe the Saints aren't that good. Maybe they aren't who we thought they were, blah, blah, blah. But when Dallas was about to play them, oh, no, Rob Ryan was talking junk. I can't wait to go in there. And nobody thought that was going to happen. So that's my point is, is that conventional wisdom was that was going to get whooped again. Now we see three weeks later, wait a minute, this is a better team than we thought. Running the ball, better defense. Okay, that's fine. But at the time that that game was going to happen, people weren't talking that way. So it's easy now to say, well, Dallas is a better team. We didn't know that three weeks ago. We didn't know the Saints weren't quite what we thought. That's all I'm saying. It okay, was a- I, I hear you and you're talking about the pundits, but the one thing we know on TMZ and TMZ, we're not the pundits. We're different. And I was one of those people who picked the two pick Dallas on that one. Okay. Because I saw what they were doing, and I saw what I saw how the Saints were playing, and I took them for this year. And this year, Dallas, honestly, are so close to being an undefeated team. It's ridiculous. So I picked but, Dallas against that game, and the only reason I chose them, uh, didn't choose them this past week, is because they were in Seattle. So yes, all hands down for for whooping Seattle in Seattle. And like I said, man, I, I can't wait to get to my comments about that game, but. Anyway, as far as the Saints game goes, I'm sorry, they were not a good team when you guys played them, and you and you did what you were supposed to do for for the formula that you that you, you're using to win right now. Yeah, my only problem with that train is is that no one thought that then. Not even you, even though you picked them to win, you didn't you didn't say we were going to go in and annihilate them like this. Don't come here oh, now no. on the show and no one thought that we were going to sure. dominate. Nobody thought the Cowboys were going to dominate and annihilate the Saints, thirty-eight to seventeen. Nobody. Okay, but now, okay, so now you want me to say dominate instead of say just win? Well, we I did mean, dominate. I picked them, them to win. I but you, and I get that, T. I get that, but I still picked them to win. Okay, I said they would take it out. But what you're saying is you did what you were supposed to do. Oh no, we whooped them. <laughs> that no one okay, called that. Okay. We, that's okay, what if, if you, we won, but we did far more okay. than what we were supposed to do in that game. We whooped okay, the you, 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 you whooped them. At the, but for me, at the end of the day, you know what I'm saying, it was a win. And that's, and that's why I see it was a win against a bad team. I would be careful dismissing That's what I see it as. Too, by the way. I'm not. Just be careful here, here you go. Now, now you're saying be careful. With, dude, the Saints are playing bad. They're one in five. What, one in four? And with an NF, uh, in an in in NFC where the NFC East is starting to wake up, the North is battling, the West is battling, they might be in trouble already. They don't look good. Yeah. Uh, the Saints are two and three. Two and, three. and they're they're half a game out of first place. Because the, the oh, Panthers okay. have a tie, and they're they're in the division with the Falcons, and they're in a the division with mm-hmm. the Buccaneers. So I mean, I'll say it again: don't count the Saints out. That's not a that's not a strong division right now, 
And if any if if any of those three teams, I think the Bucks we can dismiss, but those any of those three teams get on a roll, and you know, you but, of all people know not to count Drew Brees out. But my my point is that's a different conversation. My my point yeah, is yeah, that is true. My point is this is I think to diminish that victory isn't fair to Dallas because even if you picked them to win, you didn't pick them to dominate the Saints. Nobody did at that point. Why does nobody. that matter so much that I picked them to to because you made a comment that they didn't win against the a bad team. Because, because you're well, you didn't call them a bad team then. Number one, and and you didn't you, you win and dominate are two different things. You made a comment they well, did what they were supposed to do. I'm responding to that comment. I'm saying no, they did not. They did far more than they were supposed to do. Nobody okay, expected so that. That's all I'm saying. Okay. Is nobody. I picked them to win. You picked them to win. I didn't expect them to dominate the Saints like that. Absolutely no, I not. didn't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't expect them to dominate. But when I what I did say when they win, I said the Saints aren't playing well, and I said Dallas is doing something that the Saints can't defend, which is running the ball. Right. That's, and that, and all that is fine. And, and my my main point in this is is you're saying all these great things about Dallas and they're doing what they're supposed to do and all of that, but then you still have a team ahead of them that lost to the team that they just beat pretty, even though the score doesn't reflect it, pretty handily. So that, I mean, the Chargers beat the Saints, so I kind of don't really, I can't really challenge that as much because the Chargers are 5-1 and one, and they beat, I mean, they beat the, uh, the, the, the Seahawks too, even though they're home. So, okay, okay. Flip a coin. Okay, Chargers won, and Dallas not. But well, got the, a way I, the way I do, just so, just so I can explain to you, the way I do my rankings is I look at the teams, when I when I have it that close, when I look at the Chargers, Broncos, and Dallas, because to me those are like my top three teams I look at. So they were automatically top three. I rank them based on, okay, if this team, if these teams went head up, who would I pick? And that's how I settled, that's how I settled my top three. Well, that's, that's fine. And I guess the only other thing I would say is, is the Broncos are four and one, and Dallas is five and one. So be, that's I why they had, the Broncos had a bye week. No, I, but it's still a, it's still one less. Still victory. One. It's still one less. It's still, it's still a bye. I mean, when it's a bye week, you can only look at the you can only look at the losses. In, in my but opinion. the record is the record. It's still four and one. It's not five and one. <laughs> I mean, okay, it is but they one. had a bye week. Why are you changing the rules? You're just changing the rules as far as you go. First was. Hey man, they're the best record last week. I had them where they were. Now let's now you know look at you know well, the losses. I, okay, not if you look at my rankings from the previous week, Denver is sitting. Denver is sitting in the same spot they were last week. Did you ever think that yeah, maybe your maybe maybe your you were too low? Yeah, I was gonna say maybe your rankings from the previous week is really the issue, and not this week. Yeah, I, I mean you gotta reassess yourself. You gotta reassess your own analysis. Okay, we'll just roll with it because I don't. I don't. I mean. To be jumped on because I don't have Dallas at number two or number one is just crazy to me right now. Well, I didn't. You know what's I crazy didn't, to me? The fact that I'm arguing for Dallas being number one so passionately. This is truly uh, just not well, a good. Well, good well, and I, and I and I and I think my issue was not number one; is more number two. I think number one, I can get the Chargers because they're five and one. They're playing some really good football, and I really, as much as I think Dallas right now. Um, um, has a much has has the most impressive win of the NFL season. Okay, I can I can live with the Chargers being number one on on anybody's ranking. I could I can live with that. What I'm having a hard time with right now is the Broncos because they lost to the Seahawks and they have one last win. It doesn't matter why. 
I didn't create the schedule. Dallas didn't create it. That's the schedule. They're four and one. They're not five and one. Okay, period. That's the schedule. They got one less win and they lost to the Seahawks again. <laughs> the same team that beat them in the Super Bowl. They lost to them. That's that's why I called you out and challenged you a bit. Um, and frankly, last week I did have Dallas ahead of the Broncos. And the reason I said last week. I said the reason I'm putting Dallas ahead of the Broncos is two reasons. Number one, they've got one more win than Denver. And number two, with a crappy defense last year, they were a Tony Romo interception away from winning that game. We all know the defense is playing much better this year. So to so answer your question. Though, to be fair. I'm sorry? I said so is Denver's though, to be fair. I would say Denver's defense is playing better. I don't know if much better is accurate. I, I think it's playing better. Um, I, I wouldn't go much better, but they're playing better. Ware isn't doing anything over there right now. Ware is just oof. Uh, All right. No. Anyway. <laughs> What's that? As soon as someone leaves Dallas, you just got to beef with them. I love DeMarcus Ware. I wore his jersey to the bar a few weeks ago. The fact remains is he's having the worst season of his career. I didn't make that up. That's the reality of it. I don't hate DeMarcus Ware. He's in the I, 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 I think he's playing terrible, though. He's having the worst. He's not, he's not DeMarcus Ware standard of play. Well, he's one of the that. worst rated defensive ends in the NFL right now, and that's a fact. I didn't make that up. I love DeMarcus Ware. As a matter of fact, when he left, I was happy for him. He got the big $30 million contract. He gets to play with Peyton Manning. Team just went to the Super Bowl. I was very happy for him. He gave Dallas eight, nine years. I think it's nine. He He gave us a great career, and he'll probably retire a cowboy and all that. And so I don't have anything. Let's be clear. I have nothing against DeMarcus Ware. Martellus Bennett's kind of an asshole, so I ain't gonna lie. I, <laughs> I, I kinda I ain't gonna lie. There's a little bit of he's kind of an asshole. But um um DeMarcus Ware, I got no problem with DeMarcus Ware at all. He go play for the Giants and I would still I would still root for him individually because the guy gave us he played hurt, he always had shoulder and neck stingers, he played hurt, he was a leader he on that defense. Play for the Cowboys. Yeah. I'm sorry? He's a Hall of Fame player that's for the Cowboys. Absolutely. You know, you know the so, no, I, I don't have a problem with DeMarcus Ware. I don't have any problem okay. with DeMarcus Ware. But he's not having a good year. That's a fact. That's all. No. All right. Let's go on. And, and Trent, I'm not jumping on you, man. You're my brother from another mother. It's not personal. <laughs> I know it's not. I know it's not at all. <laughs> at all. Trust me. I'm just sitting over here laughing like, man, I'm never going to argue with the Cowboys being a number three. <laughs> yeah, it, should be no, it should be number two. How about them, Cowboys? All right, K Star, um, bona fide or bona front? Let's see. Um, let's let let let's let's go ahead. Uh, you want to talk NFC South? Yeah, let's do that. We were just talking about the Saints anyway. That whole division. I mean, is there truly a contender? Is there a good team in NFC South? Is it a bona fide statement to say that the NFC South is just terrible? It may be the worst division in the NFL this year. These for me is bona fide. The whole division's bad right now. Hippa Bay looks awful. Uh Carolina, you know, bless Ken Newton's heart. That defense is terrible this season. Uh, you know, the New Orleans Saints looks awful. Uh the Falcons look terrible. They're off of the lines hurt, they're all banged up. To me, the whole division's bona front. It's a tragedy. That division usually is one of the better ones in the uh in the NFL. And now it's just awful. Uh I would assume most of you guys agree unanimously bona front that there's nothing good good coming out of the NFC this year. I'll, I'll just say this to kind of piggyback what I said a minute ago to train. Um, you know, I follow the Saints because I have Drew Brees on my fantasy team. And um, I don't believe in Rob Ryan. 
like at all. Um, and I'm kind of vindicated at Dallas, let him go. Um, but that said, I, I, I would not, I would not, um, pay, Sean Payton is an excellent head coach and we already know what Drew Brees can do. Um, and they've just coming off their bye week. Let's see. Let's see now. You know, they haven't started strong two and three. Um, you know, they've had, you know, a couple of games get away from them, but let, let's, let's see. I think the Saints could turn out to be the class of that division. Um, I'm not saying they will, but I'm I'm saying if I were going to pick one team to come out of that division and and do something, I mean, you know, it would be them. I mean, they lost to Atlanta by a field goal. They lost to Cleveland by two points, okay? They could have won either one of those games and be sitting at 4 and 1 right now. They got they got whooped by Dallas. Can't 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 deny that. But they could have beat Atlanta, and they could have beat Cleveland, and they could be sitting at 4-1 and one right now, and we're having a different conversation. Those were two winnable games. So I, I, that right now would be the team that I would say keep an eye on in that division. Uh, Trey? Man, it's uh, – considering that they are 2-3, and three, I thought it was only one win, but uh, I, I, I don't want to put them on the 6-6. Uh, okay. okay, but, yeah, considering they do have two wins, I mean – I won't count any team out at this point, but the one thing that there are two things that, as offensively minded as Sean Payton is and as good of a head coach as he is, there are two things that's missing on an offense. One is Darren Sproles. Two, they let offensive linemen get away. And that's what that's what their struggle this, this year is. They don't have Darren Sproles who, between him and 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 uh, Jimmy Graham, it was hard to defend, and I don't even know why. It was a tight end and a running back that was really hard to defend. And that offensive line is just not the same, you know, because they, 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 they tend to groom them, have the players ready, but, you know, once free agency hit, man, they tend to let some good offensive linemen get away, and I think it's starting to catch up on them. And because no one else in that division is really stepping up to take it over, they're wide open for them. So, I guess in a reference to your bona fide front of front, it's in reference to whether the division is uh, – I misunderstand that part or miss that part. Well, Basically, if, if there's any team that has bona fide uh, to to uh, to become bona fide at any point in the season, to me, the, the, the division's not salvageable. So, I say bona front for all four teams. Uh, yeah, at some point, yeah. You got a lot of football to play. So, no, that, I, I, would, I would consider that to be – that statement to be bonafide, yeah, that's, that's definitely going to be a thing. Yeah, I, I think I think what I'm saying is I am actually I think Train and I are agreeing. I'm being specific. Train saying a team's going to come out of there and be bonafide. I'm saying it's going to be the Saints. Um, so I, I I don't I don't think it's going to be by default either. You know, obviously a team's got to win the division, but I don't think right. it's going to be the NFC East from the past where someone squeaks out with an eight and eight or nine and seven. I, I think the Saints could get on a roll. And you know, get to ten, eleven wins. Uh, you know, um, will they? We'll see. <laughs> but I think if I had to pick one team, that would be the team out of that division that I would pick. Well, here's the thing with, with the NFC South. I think I think uh, K Star, you're looking at them from an expectation perspective, and you're thinking that you're overall you would expect to see a better performance from them, stronger records outside of the division. And I can understand right. being being bona fide. 
uh, looking at the statistics, it's ironic that out of this division, all teams have a net loss in terms of plus or minus. They're all below zero, which no other division has. So that would point towards statistically your favor. Um, to answer the question, though, I still think it's it's bona fide because they're just not playing collectively as well as we thought they would, but that's still going to be a knockdown, drag-out battle in that division. Tampa Bay put them to the side. The Falcons have shown the ability to get hot at any moment. Same with the Saints, same with the Panthers. So it's a matter of which of those three are going to come out. And, and I think the Saints could be the one, too. I'm, I'm not quite as sold as, as commission and as, as um, trained, but if I had to hang my hat on any of those three, I would say the Saints. I'm just not as convinced. But that's not to dismiss the entire division because there's a lot of talent going on. They're just not playing as expected. No, there's a lot of talent, but there's also a lot of depleted talent. There's a lot of personnel changes that have been made. I mean, you look at Greg Hardy from the Panthers, 15 sacks. You can't replace that. You see the Panthers' defense look awful. You look at the Saints, there's no more Darren Sproles. You see Drew Brees not playing up to the level he's capable of playing at. And then you look at the Falcons, and they've lost linemen already this season. And, you know, you see Matt Ryan's pocket collapses on him every time he drops back. And so, I mean, I think it's just personnel stuff that's happened to them. That's why I don't think any of those teams can be bona fide. Well, I, I will say this. The Sproles loss for for um, New Orleans is, is – I mean, yeah, New Orleans is is a tough one. Um, yep. That 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 is the one area that I would be concerned, even over their defense, is that safety net and that return power that Sproles yeah. brought to that team. Um, that's the one area that I'm like, hmm, what are they going to do? Because thus far they haven't replaced that production. So that, that no. I have to say, if they don't fix that on offense, then everything I said is for naught. So. Uh-huh. All right, guys. Next we have that. Good. Good. Next we have the Arizona Cardinals. They're in the drive right, drive receiver right now uh, in the NFC West. Um, but are they bona fide? Are they, are they bona fide division winners? Can we see them carrying this thing out and being uh, first, uh, you know, at the end of the year um, as it stands? So for me. I actually think the Arizona Cardinals are a bona fide team. Of course, it's all pending injury. And are bona fide NFC West contenders. And I can absolutely see them winning that division. A couple of reasons why. Uh, you know, we earlier a question was posed to us that was never posed at all last season or really the past couple of years. Is the Legion of Boom overrated? Um, I don't think they are. I just don't think that they, uh, you know, are, are playing to the level in which they're capable of playing to. Um, and you look at the Niners, I don't know if you guys were impressed last night by uh, their, their game at all, but to me they've been really sloppy this season. Um, they're getting a couple of guys back, so I think the Niners are absolutely a really good team, absolutely a bona fide team. But, uh, you know, the Cardinals' defense is also very, very good. And, you know, Andre Ellington, Carson Palmer, they got a lot of playmakers as well. So, for me, Arizona absolutely is bona fide, and um, I wouldn't be surprised at all if they finish the season atop the NFC West. Um, I'm just going to say simply bona fide, you know, um, the division itself is, is also open. Uh, Arizona has pretty good defense. Bruce Arians is a good, very good head coach, and if uh, Carson Palmer can stay healthy, I don't see why they're not able to compete. JB, yeah, I agree with what Train said. Uh, I think it's bona fide. I could see, I could see them winning the division. I could see the Niners. I could see the Seahawks winning. It's really going to be between those three, and they got better, just as good a chance as the other two teams to uh, take that division. So I agree. Uh, Bonafront, don't believe in them. Tell you why. Um, 
Carson Palmer had a number of years in Cincinnati, and what did he do? Nothing. Um, you put him in Arizona with a decent defense. Arian's a decent head coach. Um, I, I wouldn't go as far as train and say he's a good or great head coach, but he's decent. He's he's serviceable. Um, but, you know, you got a 49ers team that looked pretty good last night that had been the three consecutive NFC Championship game. you got a Seattle team that's a Super Bowl champs that's going to be hungry now that they just got their butts handed to them because everyone is now talking about and that that's that's the downside of it being Dallas because Dallas is 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 the media focal point right they're the, they're the, they're the team that gets all the press when they do something good yay when they do something bad boo but it's all Dallas right so Seattle's for the last 48 hours that's all they've heard and we still got several more days before their next game um i expect Pete Carroll and that Seattle team to come out on fire i expect Jim Harbaugh, who's getting a little tired of hearing about all the locker room dissension, you saw what this team did. Yeah, they started slow. The Rams came out came out strong. That didn't last. Right, sixty minute game. Um, I think the division is going to come down to those two teams. I don't think it's going to come down to the Cardinals. I just don't. I do think the Cardinals are going to play spoiler. <laughs> but I see the Cardinals ending up exactly like they ended up last year, nine and seven, ten and six, and not making the playoffs because you've got those two mm-hmm. teams. Uh, I see it's going to be the same thing. I just don't think this is going to be the year they get over the hump, um, and mainly because remember what I always say, and I've been proven right more times than I'm wrong: quarterback, head coach. So when we look at the Cardinals, we've got Arians, who hasn't really done anything of any as a head coach, right? And you've got um, Carson Palmer, who's had a a solid career, but hasn't, I mean, has zero playoff victories. Zero. Okay. You've got the 49ers. We know what Kaepernick's done. You've got, and and, and Harbaugh, and you've got Seahawks with Pete Carroll and, and Russell Wilson. I, I, I just don't think the Cardinals are going to do it. I think it's going to be just like last year. Um, but the, uh, I will say this on the division, um, I, right now for my money, I'm leaning toward them doggone 49ers to come out of that division right now, not dismissing the Seahawks. I'm not, but right now it's like the it's like the 49ers are playing with a, with a chip on their shoulder. And I told you guys that in the off season, that that means something when a team has an attitude and has a chip on their shoulder and feel like they got something to prove. And I, that's what I'm getting from the 49ers is they got feel like they got something to prove. So right now, if you said Terry, put your money where your mouth is, I'm going with the 49ers. But to answer the question, I don't, I don't, I don't think I, I'd say bone the front right now. That's how I feel about the Cardinals. Sorry. Mm. I mean, your bone front is interesting uh, considering that the Cardinals do already have a win over over San Francisco. Uh, they are four and one. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot of seasons that I saw. It's just interesting. Interesting. Your, your, your yeah. reasons are interesting. Well, because of where I see it going, where where I see it trending, and you know, with with Carson Palmer health being in question, and frankly, let's be honest. Yeah, he's a, he's a good quarterback, but will we ever call him great? Has there ever been a situation where we've said Carson Palmer is a great quarterback? To use K-Star's most popular expression, is he a top five quarterback, right? K-Star always wants to put everybody in the top five, but, you know, K-Star's probably got about 12 top five quarterbacks. Um, No, he's not. (laughs) He's not. And he can't win the top 15 to win the Super Bowl. True, true. You're absolutely right. But he hasn't even won a playoff game. 
and it's been some pretty good teams since Cincinnati. You gotta make, it, you do gotta make it there first. But they were they were odd man out definitely due to their division going off last year, rather than not having the record. So they <laughs> they were better than two or three teams that went. Um. Yes. Conference wise, yes, it was a division. You're absolutely yeah. right. You're absolutely right. And yeah. I have a funny feeling it's gonna be the same thing this year. Um. Oh, you know, I mean, I mean, let's look at it this way, and then we'll move on. But let's look at it this way. You look at that division. We can safely say right now, if you said two teams came out of that division, we'd be okay with that. That's a safe bet, right? So then mm-hmm. we look at the South. They're going to give us one team. What about the mm-hmm. North? One or two teams? We mm-hmm. don't know, right? Maybe one or two. Then, yeah. Maybe one or two. And then you look at the NFC East, one or two. Right now, looking pretty, yeah. looking pretty good. At two teams might come out of the East. Well, we're yeah, getting six teams. We're only getting six teams. <laughs> so if 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 I mean I, I know the Cardinals got a victory over Forty Nine ers. Forty Nine ers were pretty good last night. You know, yeah, on the road. On the road. It was, but it was St. Louis. Yeah, but it's a, it's 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 a division game that started <laughs> off bad for them. And they came back and did, like you said, what they were supposed to do. So, you know, and sometimes that's all you need is a win like that. Sometimes you just need that kind of win against a division opponent on the road to wake up and say, okay, I forgot who I am. Now I remember who I am. So if we look at it, six teams coming out, and we say, okay, 49ers and Seahawks, right, and two out of these three teams are going to get in, it's not far-fetched to say the Cardinals are going to be on the outside looking in again. It's not far-fetched. I could be completely wrong, but the way I'm looking at it right now, I think Seahawks are going to rebound because they're angry. I think the 49ers are angry. I don't think the Cardinals are angry. I don't see that from them. Maybe I'm wrong. No, they're, but they're top of the division right now. It's all good. Well, yeah, they're on the top of the division right now. They're on the top right now. Absolutely. Okay. Right now. All right. Have, we'll, we'll, we'll see. We absolutely should be should definitely be a wonderful wonderful uh, watch for all of us <laughs> as that plays out. Uh, but next we got the Browns. Uh, God, they destroyed my Steelers. It was terrible. Um, yeah. But the real question is, uh, you know, is this team bona fide or bona front as as a playoff bound team? Um. Although they destroyed my Steelers, I'm going to say bona front. Um, you know, the thing with Cleveland is they have one of the best run games in the league, bar none. Uh, you know, Ben Tay, Isaiah Crowell, and that, that offensive line is tremendous, but they lost Alex Mack, their Pro Bowl center, for uh, the rest of the season with a broken leg. Um, and, you know, Brian Hoyer, although he played well, went 8 for 17 against the Steelers. Yes, they have shown the ability to come back, but what we thought would be their strength defensively uh, for them. Uh, hasn't been a strength at all. They're they're middle of the pack defensive scoring wise. They give their 17th most points given up in the NFL. Uh, low end as far as yards go as well. I mean, let, let's be real. The division is tough. They are third right now currently, even after that big win uh, behind Cincinnati and Baltimore. Who, as we just saw, Baltimore actually just buzzed off Tampa Bay. Um, and while Cincinnati is struggling, I think we all expect them to right the ship, especially when AJ Green comes back. Uh, and because of that, you know, I, I think that they are going to front, you know, just by uh, the competition kind of just being better than they are. You, you, you sure there's not a little saltiness from that whooping y'all just took? Speaking oh, right now. I'm salty. It really, it really isn't. It really isn't. Mm-hmm. I actually, unfortunately, unfortunately, it's going to play a lot this year. And their defense isn't very good. Mm-hmm. 
Mm. Sadly, it was against us. Somebody mm. sipping on a water. Um, who wants to take this? I, I know I could take it, but you know what? I did. A, I just did a lot of talking. I'm gonna give it to one of you guys. Go ahead and correct K Star because I know I know we're all in agreement. So one of y- one of y'all who wants to take this one? Train, don't mind me. Train, what? You right. I, no, I like to take this one if you don't mind. J- J- oh, JB. by all means, go ahead, JB. JB, the oh, floor okay. is yours, my brother. Thank you. Uh, I'm going bona fide with this one. And I'm going to tell you why. As I stated last week, the Browns have either won or lost the prior four games by less than five points. This team legitimately could be undefeated, just like the Cowboys could be legitimately undefeated, Cleveland even more so. They've been pulling their butts off. And, and let's, let's also remember, too, they're only half a game out of first place right now. They are right in the thick of everything. They're playing well on both sides of the ball, and they're showing discipline. It's really going to come down to health is going to be an issue, and I think losing their center is, is going to hurt. But overall, this team is playing well both sides of the ball, and they're going to be in every single game from start to finish. To beat this team, you have to play 60 minutes of football. You have to. So they are bona fide, period. And I will just add one thing. They're 3-2 and two right now. They've got Jacksonville, Oakland, mm-hmm. and Tampa Bay, the next three games. <laughs> and so going into Cincinnati November 6th, it is not far-fetched that they won't go into Cincinnati at 6-2 and two on a roll with all kinds of confidence. Mm-hmm. You, you, guys, you guys think that's going to happen? Uh, yeah, really? I actually do. Really? Yeah, actually, yeah. I, 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 I will pick I, them the next three weeks. I really would. I, like, would, why would I think the, the only game – that I was a little hesitant on is Oakland because Oakland's starting to show a little something, something gave San Diego all they can handle. Derek Carr actually played pretty well, um, but they're home. So yeah. I said, oh, you're not playing in the black hole. So if they were going to Oakland, I would have ooh. Um, and Oakland just so up and down anyway. They're just Oakland. So, yeah, I would train. I agree with you. I, I pick them to win all three of those games. Uh, K-Star, we, we understand, though. We, we understand. I mean, I mean, it, it, you know, I've been where you're at. I've been where you're at. No. So I, I can't, I can't hate on you. I've been where you're at. <sighs> it's tough. It's tough. It's okay. It's okay. All right. I'm at where you're at every year. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to my world. <laughs> uh, All right. All right. Next one. Uh, JJ Watt. Is he the best player in the NFL? Uh, to me, J.J. Watt, as the best player in the NFL, is absolutely bona fide. I mean, I can't listen. When you watch him play I, this year, I haven't seen a player more dominant from snap to snap than J.J. Watt. This guy has three defensive touchdowns on the year. He's absolutely hurting the quarterback every uh, every other play. He's putting his hands, his big long arms in the air, deflecting passes at the line of scrimmage. Him, uh, players in the backfield, absolutely spearheading the, the Houston Texas defense to be a top five uh, scoring defense. Um, listen, J.J. Watt, for my money right now, best player in the NFL, offensively, def- defensively. He right now is the MVP. Uh, I couldn't imagine right now anyone else saying that he, he's not the best as it stands today playing right now. The way he's um, playing, he's just terrific. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take this one. He is the best defensive player in the NFL, hands down. 
There's there's not even a close second, period. But when you expand to the entire offense and defense, he's in the conversation, but no, I don't think I don't think so. I mean, number one, as dominant as a player as he is, his team is three and three. So when you look at saying someone is the best, what is the outcome of that statement? Well, what good is being the best player if it's not translating into wins? Now, I'm going to be frank with you. I saw the Dallas team kind of control J.J. He was not as disruptive against the Cowboys. Matter of fact, Tony Romo did a Tony Romo on J.J. Watt. I'm not saying that he was horrible, but he wasn't dominant against the Cowboys. So there are there so there was a game where he was mortal. DeMarco Murray has had a hundred yards six games in a row. The only time in NFL history that has ever happened before anyone starts saying, Look at that offensive line. Well he ain't the first running back to run behind a good offensive line. Yet the only time that has ever happened is against is Jim Brown back in nineteen fifty eight. So it's been 56 years, number one. Number two, he got 115 yards against the Legion of Boom, who averaged 62 yards a game and hadn't given up a 100-yard game. So right now, right now, I'm sorry. DeMarco Murray is a better player than J.J. Watt. And his team is 5-1, and one, and largely off of what he's been doing. So right now, while and don't get me wrong, this isn't a case where I say I'm talking bad about J.J. Watt. Not saying that J.J. Watt is. I said against against Dallas, like, oh my God, what are you going to do against this guy? He's incredible as a defensive player, hands down, the best defensive player in the NFL. Not even close. There's not even a close second. No, there really isn't. It's incredible. But when you look at players, I'd put Demarco Murray ahead of him. And I got to tell you something. What I'm seeing from Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, he's in that conversation right now, too. There you go. Now you're hitting the nail on the nail, nail on the call. I mean, when that Good guy grief. said relax, when he said relax, I mean, everybody laughed at him, and, and but, oh, my God, the last three weeks, this guy has been incredible. Incredible. So there's two I players right guy. now that I would put ahead of J.J. Watt. Right now, I would put either Murray one. I don't know who I'd put one or two. I, I, my bias would probably have Murray one. But, you know, I always feel like the quarterback is the most important guy on that field. So my football sense would probably have um, Rodgers one. Um, and, and, and so those would be my two picks right now over J.J. Watt. I really won't get into the bona fide or bona front. I would just say it's very difficult to make the defensive Guy of defensive guy, the best player in the NFL because their outcome on the game is still limited to what someone can do on the offensive side of the ball because you still need to score. You've been doing that too. Three times a You are right. <laughs> yes, yes. That's what I'm saying. Hey, he has. He, I mean, defensively, there's not even a close number two. You know, yeah. there's no doubt about it. And that's without Clowney being in the game. I mean, yeah. that 
Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, you don't even have the super freak that they just drafted on the other side. The, the, you know, so who knows what's going to happen when Clowney gets back in there? I mean, oh, Jesus, man. you know, maybe three weeks yeah. from now I'm coming back saying, okay, UK star, you're right. Now he's the best player in the NFL. But right now, I just I like what Murray's doing. I like what Rogers is doing. So, um, all right. Um, um, oh, JP, go ahead. yeah, there's an argument that can be said for all three of them. Um, personally, I, I actually am going to. Uh, surprise y'all and say, yeah, I think it is bona fide. I think there is argument to say that J.J. Watt's the best player in the NFL because we're talking about best player, not most valuable player, but best player. And he's actually done it on both sides of the ball. He scores touchdowns on defense, scores touchdowns now on offense. This uh, past game, we'll get into it when we go into MVPs, but he had a, a just a terrific stat line. Now, granted, he can't win you games, lose you games, and, and, and have it matter most, but he is so disruptive and can do so many different things and has such athletic ability. It, he could be a, probably top ten tight end if he wanted to be right now. He's just that good. So is there an argument for him to be the uh, best player in the NFL? I think there is. I, I think we agree with the argument. I think I think I don't think anyone said it's not a valid question, but I'm just saying there's two guys I'd put ahead of him. That's all. Yeah, and, and those would be, if I were to put anybody ahead of them, if I had to, I'd pick those two. I'm just not sure if I really would because he's been that just that good. Take nothing away from the other two, but he has been just that good. And the defense never gets enough props for what no. they do. It's an offensive-driven league, so when we do our MVPs, you always see someone on the offense. When you see it on the radio, the TV, it's always someone on the offense. And I think he's played so well and done so much that he deserves consideration to be the best player. I think my only problem with that, JB, is just very simply, you know, there's been six games, and has he done that for all six games? And that's why, you know, even Rodgers hasn't done that for all six games. You know, and that, and that to me is when we're talking about the best player in the NFL, don't we need to see that every game? You don't get to take a game I, off. You don't get to have a bad I, game. Right. I, I don't think he's had a bad game or taking a game off. He's, he's still beginning to pull that hurry. He'll get deflected passes at the last scrimmage. He didn't do I much mean, against Dallas. Just, he had four tackles and uh, one yeah, bad. How ball. many hurries did he have? Okay. Uh, I mean, one. One hurry. And we saw the outcome of the one hurry. <laughs> I mean, it was just a better play by Romo. I mean, I, I don't think you could take away from J.J. Watt. That was just a wonderful play by Romo. Oh, okay. Like, crazy. All right. All right. Uh, Last one for K-Star. <laughs> yeah, last but not least. Oh, fantasy gosh. football topic. Oh, yeah, he's back. Cam Newton is back. We were talking about the Bengals earlier, Adam Jones, the prick himself. Could not stop this man because, ladies and gentlemen, last week, actually, uh, I believe this was my sound off, or not a sound off, but one of my closing segments, was talking about how the Panthers need to let Cam be Cam. Let him run. Oh, they let him run. And we saw Cam Newton do over 100 yards, uh, pass for uh, over 250, had a 37 fantasy points in standard scoring. And the question is, Cam Newton, top five quarterback, the rest of the way, now that he's been unleashed, now that he can run the ball again, now he's been given that free reign and is healthy, top five quarterback, the rest of the way, uh, in fantasy football. Uh, yes, it's bona fide times a thousand. The past two years, Cam Newton, I'll put it like this, Cam Newton has finished anything else besides top five quarterback in fantasy football. And for, for, from this point out, why would that change? He's running again. Cam is Superman again. This is easy, bona fide. Well, one, I'd like, I'd like, I'd like to verify that he was a top five. 
statistic quarterback for fantasy football last year. I don't yeah. know that that's true. Past two seasons. Past two seasons of scoring. Yeah, absolutely. I'm not going to necessarily take your word for that because, you know, we know that we know wow. that Breeze is always up there. We know that we know that Peyton is up there. Um, Brady is up there. Rodgers is up there. Right. Um, so, um, this, this is 100% is actually correct. Yeah. I'm telling you, well, you've, you've been you've been you've been known to twist facts in the past. So um, I'm just going to say, Bonafront, I'm sick of hearing. I'm sick of you and your love affair with Cam Newton. You had him in the Hall of Fame three years ago on this show, and he's done not much to justify that. He's a good quarterback. He's a good quarterback. He is not great. He's good. He's not great. I, I, I mean, he will get some points because he is a dual threat. He can run and he can throw. And he's a good, solid quarterback. Um, but one one game of 37 points. I mean, I mean, Derek Carr had 24 points. Are we we going to throw him in the conversation? Hoyer had no, 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 26 no. points. We're going to throw him in the conversation because the guy had, you know, no. No. Let's see, you know, six or seven games. But no. I'm, yeah, he's I, running I, again. He's running again. I talked about this last week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just saying. That's a, that's a huge deal. I say you know, and yes, Bonafront is correct because oh, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at the stats right now for what he's done so far, and I'm looking at ESPN rankings just because I like the way ESPN does it. He's ranked 18th right now. Is he trending upward? Yes. Did he have his best game of the season so far? Yes. But let's 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 slow our egg roll now. He had he had one game where he played, he played one game as well. That's a flaw area. Looking at bad stats, so go ahead. Well, the numbers don't lie. They do. looking at. ESPN does this does this stats. He hadn't broken forty points. He just now recently in this past game broke forty. He had sixty three point seven. So against the Bengals team that that he did torch. I, I will say that he definitely did torch him. But moving forward, let's not forget how he got hurt in the preseason. He was scrambling and got hurt and got his ribs and he didn't even play in the first game. So we don't know what his health is going to be if they truly do unleash him, like you said. Is he a good quarterback? I think he's very good. The dual dual threat capability is tremendous for him. But there's a lot of other quarterbacks by the names that Commissioner has already mentioned that will have a say in who's going to be in the top five. So I think we need to just slow down because he had one game. Didn't we have this conversation last this week? Is, this is, hold on. Wait, wait, wait. I got to correct. This is not slowing down. The past two years, Ken Newton's – there hasn't been a year Ken has not been a top five fantasy quarterback. Fantasy. We're talking about real fantasy. I'm just saying from this point forward, with him being able to run the ball again, with that was the biggest hang-up, I don't see the whole change. Uh, I'm just going to say ball in front for everything T and JV mentioned, man. Uh, Got to wait and see. He's a quarterback.
I'm going to, I got my rant session and then we're going to, cause we're running out of time here. Um, so, mm-hmm. um, my rant session is, um, it's going to be short, but, uh, you guys heard, I'm sure Joseph Randall got, um, arrested, Cowboys backup running back, um, for stealing. The reports vary, but around a hundred dollars worth of stuff, um, um, and, uh, you know, and I, and I, let me, two things I want to say. One is, um, I was pleased to hear that the Cowboys are going to fine them. Um, and, you know, they're saying the fine will be somewhere between 10 and 30,000. He will not be suspended. The, the, the arrest is the, um, it amounts to pretty much as, as much as a, a speeding ticket on his record. That's how it's that same level of, of infraction. It's about like a speeding ticket, low level larceny charge. Um, he'll probably get probation, community service, and boom. And a year from now, it'll be like it never happened. Um, I'm glad that Dallas acted quickly, unlike Mike Tomlin, with some sort of punishment or penalty, because that's what you do in these, even something like this, which. It, it depends on what your position is on this type of stuff, but I'm glad yeah, they did. But, 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 what was that? This is worse than the marijuana incident. That's your opinion. I don't think so. I, I, I don't. I don't think. I don't think taking something. That's not the point, though. Yeah, but I don't. I don't think taking something like like a, a cologne or underwear is worse than smoking pot when you're an athlete. Frankly, mm-hmm. um, I mean, one stealing one is all right, doesn't matter. They're both breaking the law, and your and your coach didn't do anything. Yeah, so, that's, the, that's the point. Right. right. Um, but my problem, and two things. One is, you know, Randall, just real quick, you, I found out through my sources that the Cowboys, you can get things from your team because you have sponsorship agreements, and – when these teams say that they are the official, they give the team stuff. Dallas has agreements with underwear companies and cologne companies, so you can get that stuff for free. So I don't even understand. I don't get it. You make $500,000 a year. I don't understand it. But bigger than all of that is, dude, it, this is exactly what the team doesn't need. We just had the greatest win of the year, the greatest win under Jason Garrett. You've got the Giants coming to town. It's now time to start looking at the Giants. Yes, they looked horrible against Philly, but you know what? They're going to be ready. Eli's going to come in ready to play against Dallas. He's not going to come in and look like that against Dallas. They're going to come ready to play. Um, and you do, you do something stupid like this off of a great win where you even had a contributing couple of plays, five carries for 52 yards, some nice block. I mean, dude, you know, dude. Stop it. We don't need this, okay? That's all I'm going to say. We don't need this. I don't need this as a player. I mean, as a, as, a, as a fan. You don't need this, man. Be smarter than that. Be better than that. That's it. That's all I'm going to say. All right. MVPs quickly, guys. Um, my MVP is the Philly defense. Um, Philly defense looked, <laughs> you know, uh, um, if I'm Philly right now, I'm mad at all the Dallas hype. Because they're five and one and have the same loss that Dallas has to San Francisco, and everyone's giving Dallas a lot of love. Um, and Philly looked incredible against the Giants. I gotta tell you, they looked really, really good against the Giants, um, particularly on defense, which has been kind of a soft spot for them. Not against the Giants. Now, could it be the Giants? I don't know, but they did exactly what they were supposed to do and annihilated the Giants. So. Congratulations to Philly, and um, yeah, I see you. <laughs> I see you because right now Philly is in number one. Philly, Philly is two and zero in the division. Dallas hasn't played a division game, so technically Dallas is number two. 
if you looked at tiebreakers in that division. So congratulations. Um, uh, Dr. Train and your MVP. How about him, <laughs> Finally, man, I get to see my piece on this third game, man. Look, I chose the entire Cowboy team. And I'm, doing, I'm just going to get the tidbits that, uh, that I agree with and one thing that wasn't said. Uh, the one thing I, that you said earlier, T, is that through the adversity of the turnovers, they lost the turnover battle. And that is normally 99% of the time is what will lose you the game. And they still won the game. And I'm talking about as a team. Not one person, not, not someone just broke out. No, as a team, they collectively got together. Secondly, Rob Marinelli's defense played against Seattle two years ago in Chicago. Seattle ended up winning that game because Rob Marinelli had no answer for Russell Wilson. Not one. Well, it looks like two years later, he found that answer. And that defense was on him from start to finish. And it did not allow him to get away and, and, and take the game out of their hands. So from defense to offense, and the fact that you did it in Seattle, man, you, you deserve a bow, bro. Dallas, all of them, all and the guys on the practice squad. How about them, Cowboys? <laughs> <laughs> all right. Best team in the NFL. But anyway, uh, JB, your MVP. Yeah, uh, my MVP is, like I said before, J.J. Watt. I mean, he had a magnificent stat line. He had seven tackles, three pass defenses, uh, a couple sacks, and a touchdown. Even though it was in a loss, he did everything he could to anchor that defense and try and hold the Colts down long enough for the offense to catch up, and he just fell short. But he gets the MVP for me. All right. K-Star, your MVP? Aaron Rodgers. We all saw what he did against uh, Miami. Fourth quarter, the comeback, doing the fake spike at Dan Marino's house, all that good stuff, and hitting hit the game-winning touchdown, three seconds left. Uh, Stephen A is one right about the thing. Aaron Rodgers is a bad man. I hate that Yes, guy. he is. <laughs> <laughs> all right. We're going to get to the pick six, and um, just one comment, Train. At, uh, moving forward, we're just going to knock that tie off, our overall re- results, because what's the point? It's not it, – It's we all have one tie. Yeah, that's so true. Yeah. It's, it's kind of not even relevant to leave it there. So, But anyway, go ahead, Train. Pick six results. Before I give the pick six real quick, you know what I'm saying, I'll be, I'll be happy to admit two things. This is like breaking news. Uh if y'all know, my lady's playing fantasy football this year, and she, she's also in our picking league, uh, team, if you, if you notice her name in there. Yep. Well, one, she only got two wrong this week in the pick'em out of 14. Pretty good. One of them being because she picked it. She picked against Chicago. So that's what she get, but she still only got two wrong. Secondly, uh, we played each other this week, and, uh, yeah, I lost. I'm six and zero in the NFL, but I lost to her <laughs> in our other league. Oh wow! Yeah, she put up 157. Nice. <laughs> so one, yeah. Congra- congratulations yeah. to her. Yep. So yeah, congrats to my baby for getting it done. Gotta yeah. get her on the show. Play future. <laughs> she will one day. No, she, she will, will better. Win. Wow. See, that's why you. <laughs> 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 
I ain't even gonna take it there with you, boy. How about them cowboys? <laughs> anyway. what, wait, wait, what did you what did you say? How about them cowboys? <laughs> All right, guys. All right, real quick. Six six results, man, rough week for your boy train. Two and three and one. Everybody got one, but Miss T came in with four and one. J D four and one, also K Star four and one, so pretty good week. That definitely shook up the overall. Everybody's like one game back, but uh, Train and T tied 22 and 13. Uh, they'd be only one game back at 21 and 14. K Star one game back from that, 20 and 15. All right. So we've got our pick six for this week, and let's begin. We've got the Bengals at the Colts. Um, I will start, and I'm going to go with the Colts. And that's all I have to say about that. Um, uh, uh, JB? Uh, ditto, Colts. K-Star? Colts, no AJ Green. Dr. Train? Man, these are two of my favorite teams in the league. I'd just like to say that, man. It's tough to have to pick one of them, but I'm going to have to go with the Colts at home. All right. Giants, 3-3, three and three, trap game against the Cowboys. Trap game for Dallas. Um, JB? I'm staying true to my word. Cowboys. K-Star? Giants, because I'm tired of the damn Cowboys clip. <laughs> How about them Cowboys? Back to train. Um... I still knew to Rod Marinelli, but I can definitely tell you this. It may be considered a trap game, but Rod Marinelli will still have that defense prepared as if they're playing the best team in the league. So I'm going to take Dallas. Uh, it's a trap game, but I think Dallas will be ready. And um, Giants did not look good against Philly, but I do expect them to play better against Dallas because everybody plays better against Dallas. So, um and Dallas has a nice three-game streak at home before going to London. I mean, the next four games could really mean a lot to the season because uh, they're all very winnable. So I'm going with Dallas. 49ers. Quick uh, yes, quick, sir. Quick question to you. Uh, did, did I read uh, – I read this right. I might have just read it wrong. Was there an offensive lineman that got hurt for Dallas that's out for a couple of weeks? Uh, Doug Free. Free. Doug Free, right tackle, uh, fractured foot, three to four weeks. Um, inside scoop says maybe closer to two to three weeks. Not a bad, it's not bad. They're playing safe because they're looking at the season, the long term. Um, he actually went back in and they wrapped it. He went back in for the victory formation against Seattle, um, which is a sign that it's probably not as bad as the media is saying. Um, but three to four weeks could be less. And, uh, Jeremy Parnell is the backup. Um, Parnell is decent. He's not great, but, um, you know, Bill Callahan is going to have him ready to go. I'm more concerned if Parnell goes down because <laughs> the backup to him is a guy they just brought up from the practice squad. And yeah, I'm more concerned if Parnell is Parnell is Parnell is bigger and stronger, but doesn't have quite the footwork of free. So I, I think overall yeah. they'll they'll be fine. Yeah, only a month. Um, I mean, that's pretty good. Yeah. Forty um, ers at the Broncos. Doctor Train. Uh, I'm gonna go with the Broncos, mile high. All right, K-Star. Uh, I'm definitely taking the Broncos. I don't see Kaepernick keeping up with Peyton in the shootout. 
is what I think it'll be. JB? Taking the Broncos. Hmm. Before last night, I would have took the Broncos easily. I was really impressed with what I saw from the 49ers. Um, yeah, but at home, I got to go with the Broncos. I, I just I, I, something something is really bothering me about this matchup, though. But I'm gonna go ahead and, and do the Broncos. Um, Texans at the Steelers. K Star is done defending Mike Tomlin. Is he done picking his team? K Star. Uh, yes, for K Star, right? Not train. Oh, uh, well, Steelers then. K Star's going with the Steelers. Good job, Doctor Train. Oh man, Um, I'm going with the Texans. JB. Yeah, I'm going to take the Texans also. Well, that makes three of us. Um, Steelers are home. Something about that. Worries me a little bit. Maybe maybe Tomlin's got one last trick, um, but they just look so bad against Cleveland. I got to go with the Texans. I just don't like Fitzpatrick. You know, uh, I, I, uh, he's going to fuck up. I, see that I, yeah, I'm sorry. I, I, I don't like him. Yeah, I, I don't like him. Hmm, uh, I don't like him. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't like him. But I'm going to go. I'm going to go with the Texans. Um, yeah. How about you, all right. Uh, <laughs> Saints at the Lions. Dr. Train. Man, you know, I'm going to root for the Saints to win this game, but I'm going to pick the Lions. K-Star. Is, uh, else. Yeah, defense first in the league right now in scoring defense. They're awesome. Give me the Lions. JB. The Lions at home. Lions are at home in the Dome. Saints are used to playing in the Dome. They've got a bye week. Um, this is their season, not statistically, emotionally, momentum-wise. Um, I'm going with the Saints. I'm sticking to my word that the Saints are going to make a run. And you guys know I never really believe in the Lions anyway. Um, there's no way I'm going to pick Matthew Stafford uh, with uh, Calvin Johnson either out or hurt. Reggie Bush either out or hurt. I'm not picking. I know they got a decent defense, but uh, I'm going with the Saints. So, Saints over the Lions. Last but not least, K-Stars Panthers at the Packers. K-Star, how much do you believe in the Panthers? Hmm, that much. Yeah, I guess you don't believe in them. Oh, I'm sorry. I'll fucking mute it for some reason. No, give me Green Bay. They have too many weapons. Uh, I love the, I love Cam, but nah, he's just uh, overmatched in this matchup. Hmm. Hmm. Okay. You, you know, in order to be a top five fantasy quarterback, it means he's got to score points. Uh, oh, he'll put up fantasy points. He ain't going to get a win, though. Okay. Uh, train? Oh, man. Uh, yeah, once again, I am going to root for the Panthers, but I'm going to have to pick the Packers, man. Okay. JB? Packers, they're at home and they're on a roll. Uh, Packers, easy. They're home and on a roll. Hey, I think I just heard that. Um, <laughs> all right. I give any good. Almost like you uh, got your brothers. Yeah, and hey, actually, 
my brother will be uh, coming to see us this weekend. So um, good for the Floyd family. Uh, although mom's going to be. Although mom's gonna be putting us to work Saturday, that's all I'm saying. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um. All right. Final thoughts. Final words. Uh, let's go to K Star first. Uh, yeah. As much as I bash my own Steelers, Mike Tomlin, and everyone, this uh, let me tell you something. This is what we do. This is what the Mike Tomlin era is. It, you pull your hair out, and then you know they get you believing again. Which is why we're gonna beat the Texans and. Uh, I'll be back at it next week. Super excited. I'm sure uh fooled again. So let's get it Monday night. All right, K Star, and you know, just in case you forgot. How about Tim Cowboy? All right. Um, JB, final words. Yeah, actually I got two quick ones. First off, I remember earlier this season there was some dirt being thrown on me with these picks. Now I'm only a game out of <laughs> place. So I did a little Jay-Z going bust the soldiers off, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> All right. And secondly, I, I will be in town, so hopefully uh, a brother will be able to at least catch a, a little bit of the first game, whatever game is on. I think a Cowboys playing at 1 o'clock? Uh, no, 4.30. Nah, I figure. Well, maybe we can catch something before I have to head back down here. All right. Sounds good. Dr. Train, final thoughts. Oh man, uh hopefully my my bears can continue on the road. Secondly, uh just a reminder, breast cancer awareness month, so people do your due diligence. Uh thirdly, October twenty second. I won't be on the Madden Boys next week, guys, fellas. I'll be out on a business trip for work, so can't come in, but I do want to remind uh, everyone that for the city of Cincinnati, uh October twenty second is uh Erica J. Holloman Day. The city has, uh, you know, uh, set aside that day in remembrance of her. Uh, All right, Train, I've got an idea on something for that that we can do okay. in lieu of you being on the show. I'll, I'll I'll catch up with you during the week, and we'll talk about it. Okay, awesome. All right. All right, I'm muting you guys. Thank you guys, Dr. Train, K-Star, and JB, for a great show. And, um, you know, I just want to leave everybody with, with, well, this. Here today with very little to say other than to acknowledge uh, that I was wrong, uh, that the Dallas Cowboys, uh, as far as I'm concerned, based on what I saw yesterday, they're a legit contender in the the NFC. There is no question about it. One could argue that right now they're the best team in the NFC. I almost faint when I think about (laughs) saying that out of my mouth, but it is the truth. I'm not a liar. I'm not somebody that ducks. Uh, from the Mia Copas that I have to spew from time to time. And that's how I'll end the show. See you guys next week. Remember the Madden voice. All fields are settled on the field. Good night, everybody. <laughs>